Do you like scary stories? If so, then listen to the Shadowvane Podcast, where you'll find original radio drama series and classic tales of terror brought to life with fantastic voice acting and eerie music and sound effects. For more information on our first full series, Progenics Labs, or our current story, 1692 The Risen, visit shadowvane.net or listen to us on the Questionable Endeavor Network. Listen in the dark, if you dare. This week on The Rundown, there's talk of balls, head injuries, and an exciting new round of Fuck That Owl! It's not his dick, trust Team me. Team song! It's episode 302 of The Rundown. Hello, everyone. My name is Adam. I'm back. I'm your host. It is Thursday, July 13th, 2017. Joining me this week, Jason is here. The god on your pod, if you will. And uh, it's nice of you to show up for your own show this week, Adam. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Well, I was going to thank both of you for last week, but I'll thank Andy for coming for covering last week. Uh, I had I, a last minute. I, uh, I had people of tell me it was plans. our best show ever. So, of course, <laughs> I had uh, a last minute change of birthday plans that I was not going to miss out on, and so I was in Boston enjoying Mystery Science Theater three thousand live. Thank you very much, and it was uh, it was a blasty. For the record, it was my birthday this week, and I'm still fucking here. Well, you didn't get tickets to Mystery Science Theater 3000 Live, so who cares? That's, I, I probably would have pissed on him if I had. But <laughs> but no, you guys did a fine job. This is my first uh, my first host uh, hosting after uh, starting the whole Nitromania thing. So I hope yeah. you people at home are enjoying that and enjoying the calamity that's going on in the background. Um, is this really the first one? I thought it was the second one. Because you've, like, th- you've done three episodes of Nitromania. You weren't on last week. That's right. But we didn't talk about it. We were too busy doing other things on 300. But anyway, like, people are enjoying it. I'm getting good feedback, and that makes me happy. And like having the Rundown Trivia Championship held in abeyance. <laughs> Take a shot. <sighs> How are your balls? Because mine are on fire. Balls. On fire. <laughs> Oh, uh, nothing going on in the chat room, I assume, because we've got no viewers at this point. There is nothing, but there can be. There could be something going on in the chat room. It could be our chat room together. And the way we can make that happen is if you're on watching us live on YouTube, you can slide over into the right-hand side. Oh, and Matt Riley, just as if on Mary, cue. There you go, man. Has joined us in the live chat. What's up, Matt? Good to have you with us. Uh, if you want to be cool like Matt, you can join us on the right-hand side of your screen. There's a box that says live chat. Feel free to type in your thoughts, send some nudes, whatever you want to do over in the box over there. We'll discuss it on the show. I don't know if you can actually put pictures in there, but if you can, so. nudes are always appreciated. Asking. Uh, Asky dicks for days. Ascii penis, there you go. That's, a, that's an old so uh, You can do Ascii boobs. We'll take yeah, boobs, true. too. Might as well see a second set during this show. That wasn't during the show. It was before <laughs> the show. <laughs> they were mine, everybody. They were mine. Um, 
Yeah, so we had a pay-per-view on Sunday. They and were it... real, and they were fantastic. <laughs> Spectacular, sorry. I quote Seinfeld and make sure I get it right. There you go. So we had a, pay- a pay-per-view this past Sunday. We and it did. It uh, wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I would venture to say it's one of the better Raw pay-per-views decent. this year. Yeah, that was very good. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I still take points off for the name, but other than that, it was, yeah. it was not bad. Um, I thought I, I thought the the cruiserweight championship match during the kickoff show was fantastic. Yeah, it was a fun little match. Uh, two the two of them worked really well together, as you would sort of expect. Uh, again, I always hate when championship matches are relegated to the pre-show. It kind of makes the championship seem less than. Uh, but you know, you look up and down that card. I don't know what else you would have put on the pre-show. Uh, so, well, Heath Slater and Kurt Hawkins, maybe, but that only was <laughs> there to serve a purpose, I imagine. Right. So, yeah, it was a good match, though. I enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to the rematch. Uh, kind of went the way I expected. I didn't think they were going to take the belt off of uh, Neville yet, but still mm-hmm. uh, enjoyed the uh, the match quite a bit. Yeah, to me, it just harkens back to what we talked about going into WrestleMania. Would you rather have time to have a decent match on the kickoff show, or get crammed into a five minute spot on the action on the show itself? So, right. Uh, and then we open the show proper with Bray Wyatt. Although, 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 mm-hmm. as we will find out in the news later, somebody would have much rather preferred to be on the show proper than the pre-show. But more on that later. <laughs> That's a tease, motherfuckers. Uh, Double tease, motherfucker! <laughs> uh, Bray Wyatt defeating Seth Rollins. And I had to rewind and verify that it was correct that they actually put Bray Wyatt over on a pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I thought I, I thought I had, I had eaten some shrooms or done something. I was having hallucinations. Uh, but nevertheless, it was real. It was damn real. Bray Wyatt with a big win on a pay-per-view over a top guy. Yeah, and I thought it was a, it was a pretty decent match. No whores. No, uh, no, no teleportation. Yeah. No, just a straight up dude want a wrestling match, and uh, good on him. About yeah. time. I was still a little disappointed there was no live sex celebration with JoJo, but <laughs> perhaps Bray Wyatt should have cheated on his wife a long time ago. It's done wonders for his career. <laughs> uh, and then Big Cass getting his win over Enzo Amore. I uh, I thought this match would go differently. Um, not that I didn't think that uh, that Cass would dominate, but I figured that they Cass would dominate and they'd have Enzo sneak out a pin, a lucky pin at the end. Uh, but they did not do that. Uh, well, first off, I want to congratulate the WWE for finding uh, the old CD of generic wrestling theme music oh, and giving Cass track number three. So, um, so bad. Yeah, it's just nothing to it and... and it, that was actually a theme this week because we were introduced to another brand new theme song that was actually pretty bad. Uh, but we'll get to that later. Um, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of it. Uh, Cass coming down the aisle looking sort of like a flabby test. Uh, wasn't entirely <laughs> intimidating. And this has kind of been my thing with test. I think it, it just he's sort of what they call skinny fat. He's not really defined. He's not really huge, but he looks kind of chubby even though he's not. And it's I, just... I enjoy that you just called him Test, I think, unintentionally. No, that's what I meant. Flabby Test. Uh-huh. That's what he looked like. No, but when you said, the thing I enjoyed about Test. Oh, did I? Yeah. Okay. Well, in any event. Um, but, yeah, it just 
speaks to me that it's something that Vince is going to get tired of really quick, and it's a toy that's going to go right back in the toy box, uh, which to me makes the breakup kind of useless if that's the way they end up going with it because I think there was still money to be made with them as a team, and now I don't know if you can go back to that. Mm-hmm. We can talk about uh, we can talk about Cass's promo on Raw later. Yes. Um, then we're going to have different opinions on it, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I honestly, I thought the finishes of this match and the ambulance match would be switched. I thought, uh, again, I thought, I figured Enzo would get some sort of sneaky victory here and Strowman would be more dominant, but we'll get to that. Uh, the tag team Iron Man match, first ever tag team Iron Man match for the Raw tag team titles. Uh, I like the way they started the match. I like Sheamus getting a, 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 Loved a that. point within the first 20 seconds of the Loved match. That. I, look, I'm uh, not a fan of Dublin 07 as a team, but I have to give them credit. They've some, come up with some very creative spots with these guys. Yeah. Uh, I think back to when they won the title and they, they did the whole gimmick where was I think Shame, uh, Cesaro distracted somebody thinking they were the legal guy. He jumped out, turned around, and broke kick. I think that's how they won the title at one point. Um, and then this this moment at the start of the show were kind of a similar thing. Cesaro distracts him right into the broke kick. One, two, three. Very creative way to get to a quick pin. I liked that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I thought that there was very little tension going into the last spot. I thought with you know the the gimmick of the oh he's getting the pinfall ball, but the clock is going to run out because they had told us about a minute and a half prior that if it's a tie, it's a draw, and if it's a draw, the champions retain. Like so, there was no there wasn't even a tease of oh he might get sudden death. It was just like now nah, if it's tied, then Sheamus and Cesaro are still the champions. It, yeah, my biggest problem with it was that for the second pay per view in a row, you have Jeff Hardy losing a match by executing an offensive maneuver <laughs> twice in a row. It was stupid the first time. It's idiotic the second time. What given all the punishment? he's taken throughout his career and moves he's kicked out of hitting his own move and hitting it. He didn't miss it. Yeah. Hitting his own move led to him getting pinned for three and staying down. It made no sense. I I can see what they were trying to do, but there had to be a move in between Hardy getting up and and then getting laid Mm -hmm. back out. There had to be something there because just having him get pinned right off the, the swan time was stupid. And I feel like there would have been more drama if that pin hadn't been there, because then that twist of fate pinfall that led to the the buzzer going off at the end would have been to break a tie. Right. Uh, and then, and I think I think even winning with a draw may have even worked better for uh, Sheamus and Cesaro as a heel team, maybe. But uh, possibly, but it also based on what we're, we'll talk about later on Raw, it sort of looks like this might be the end of this story, and they didn't yeah, want to they end it with a tie. They can't do it. Uh, Matt, Matt's going ham on the side over here. So it starts with, uh, <laughs> God damn it, you took the words out of my mouth. Test, skinny fat, and I'm not the only one who notices it. Glad I'm not the only one that notices. No, I absolutely noticed that, Matt. I've been saying that for a while. Uh, also said the last time we saw Sheamus get a pin that quick was at WrestleMania with Daniel Bryan. Absolutely. And the fact that the commentators don't even recognize it annoys me. I don't know which part he's talking about, but... Um, I don't know what he's talking about, what the commentators missed specifically, but Michael maybe Cole did ma- not have a good re- night. Making reference to the, to the 18 seconds thing, maybe, is what uh, he's maybe. talking about. Yeah, Michael Cole did not have a good night at, at hashtag WWE balls. <laughs> I, that's the hashtag I used throughout the night, by the way. Oh, thank the, you. On the rundown. I think I used the official one maybe twice. There you and go. Then I, then I double tagged a couple times WWE balls and WWE GBOF, and I just <laughs> went WWE balls from there out. <laughs> 
Uh, Sasha Banks defeats Alexa Bliss via pinfall, so oh. Bliss retains the title. He said he's talking about Jeff getting pinned with his own move. Yeah, oh, and that's okay. that's if the if the announcers bring that up, at least it's a story you can tell. But the completely glossing over it just made it. I, I don't know. He says, "And I'm drunk, so don't mind me." And uh, <laughs> Matt, with any luck, I'll be with you in just a couple minutes. So. I usually do this show drunk, so I have no idea what the quality is going to be like tonight. We'll see what so happens. Does, so does Andy. So. And Troy. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a rather drunk podcast when you think about it. Everybody but me and the raccoon. Andy seemed uh, fairly sober last week, though. Okay. I don't know. No, no wine last week. That's good. Maybe it's because he had to do production afterwards. Maybe. Uh, women's championship match. Sasha Banks defeats Alexa Bliss by, by uh, you put pinfall here, but it's count out. Sorry. Uh, Bliss retains that the title. Somewhere. Well, they're wrong too. Yeah. Um. I like that. I like the Alexa Bliss, and I like the count out with her with the shit eating grin on her face. Yeah. Okay. So this is another one of those mixed bag things for me. Mm-hmm. First off, yeah. I f- the problem with this, all this stuff was great in a vacuum. The problem is in the larger <sighs> context, the, the dislocated arm thing. To act like we've never seen it before when we saw it a couple months ago on SmackDown. I think it took away from it a little bit for me. To be f- to be fair, that was on SmackDown. This is on sure. Raw. I can uh, see so, him trying to play it off that way. Oh come on! Well, okay, okay, fine. <laughs> Maybe you can make that case. You know, in kayfabe terms, we don't know that Michael Cole produces fucking the announcers on SmackDown. But whatever. <laughs> uh, but let's go over and above that. They Alexa Bliss basically ran the same gimmick that the fucking Usos, the Usos told us yeah. they were going to run, and I. And yeah. I I didn't like that. There's two pay-per-views in a row. You've gone to that same finish, and I just it, it didn't sit well with me. Um, but the match itself was really good. I liked yeah. the physicality. These girls kind of beat the shit out of each other. Sure. Uh, and I really enjoyed that. It was good back and forth. I thought they told a good story. I think they left it open-ended. Uh, what happened on Monday kind of threw a little bit of a wrench into where I thought they were going, but we'll kind of see how that plays out, and we'll talk about that when we get there. Uh, but yeah, overall, uh, I was looking forward to seeing these two work together going into it. I was not disappointed, and I'm looking forward to seeing it again at SummerSlam. Yeah, certainly. Maybe, maybe an actual title change at SummerSlam. Who knows? Uh, the Miz defeats Dean Ambrose via pinfall to retain the Intercontinental Championship, and what we hoped was the end of this goddamn feud. <laughs> Yeah, well, and based on what happens on Raw, which, again, we'll get to in a little bit, I think we might actually be done with this. Um, it didn't look like it at first, but as it played out, it looks like it might be. We'll find out going forward. Um, mm. I thought this match was fine. The work, and the work was fine. It's just the problem is there's no suspense to it. It's all the same shit we've seen over and over and over again ad nauseum. There's nothing new here. Uh, except, but, except now with Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. Yes, Hooray. and I gotta, I gotta give my wife credit for hashtag WWE balls line of the night. She had no idea who the Mizians were going into this, and then said, "Who's that guy that looks like Lieutenant Dan with his legs?" <laughs> and that one, that one popped me. So, shout That's out to pre- the wife. <laughs> That's pretty fantastic. Yeah. And you go back and look, and she's she's not wrong. That's... <laughs> I think my wife's comment was, why is why is Curtis Axel all dressed up when Bo Dallas looks like some Bon Jovi wannabe? But, and he's dressed up, and he looks like he got... He, it looks like he's dressed up in the way that it looks like you go to men's warehouse, and they have a suit that's just like one size too small. So you go like, I can fucking pull this off. <laughs> 
you can't, it's a little, little, little tight there, Curtis. Loose, maybe next size up a little bit, or I don't know. But uh, the ambulance match: Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, and its aftermath. Yeah. So this was probably the the, the result that had most people talking. Yeah, obviously. I would say so. Attempted uh, murder and all. The match itself was was good, good physical, hard hard nose, same as these guys deliver every time. Uh, very much enjoyed it. The ending to me was sort of a little bit weird because I kind I get what they were going for, and I think the visual w- was fairly cool for the viewer at home. The problem I have is that Roman, like even if Strowman hadn't moved, Roman wasn't going to hit him. The way they were positioned with that right, spear. Right, right. No, I like, noticed that too. Strowman was standing in front of the closed door, so even if he hadn't moved, there was no way Roman was doing anything except going into the ambulance. Um, I would have liked to see the ambulance maybe start to move after and then get stopped and then Roman jumps out or something like that just from a perspective of, of kind of cool storytelling. They didn't do that, but that's fine, whatever. Uh, and then, of course, we have the aftermath, and I'll let you uh, go first on this one. <laughs> so, Braun is celebrating. The ambulance hasn't gone anywhere. And I, my I wife, actually, mean, I believe you mean Braun. <laughs> and my wife actually made the comment, like, "Why is he still? He didn't seem like it would be that hurt. Shouldn't he be?" And he popped out of the back of the ambulance and attacked. Um, Roman basically. Pearl Harbor's Strowman throws him in the back of the, the ambulance, drives backstage. Why do you always go to the the Asian sabotage terminology? Go ahead. <laughs> Parks the ambulance and then spends an interminable amount of time. Well, they had to just, cut to the pre-taped. Yeah, thing. yeah. Just sitting there staring in the mirror. He was thinking. giving, listen, he was giving Heath Slater and Kurt Hawkins time to loosen up and stretch. <laughs> And then, yes, then we cut to pre-tape, which there are some adorable marks on Twitter that make me happy. Uh, we cut to pre-tape, and uh, Roman attempts to murder Braun Strowman uh, by backing the ambulance directly into the trailer of a semi. Uh, and then uh, nobody could unlock the door. They had to use nope. the jaws of life. And yeah, no, nobody could get into the ambulance and pull it forward. That was Yeah, that's apparently. exactly what I thought. What the fuck <laughs> Not a thing uh, that anybody was qualified to do. Apparently not. Uh. Uh, Kurt Angle gives us some of the best face of the night. Yes. The the <laughs> the, the facials by Kurt Angle were amazing in this segment. And that Shocked continued over on face. Raw too, which oh we'll talk God, about later. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, yeah, we get a rando we get a rando uh uh, I said Kurt Hawkins again. Jamie uh, Noble. Yeah, Kurt, Kurt Hawkins. Versus, yeah, Jamie Noble shot up. We get a random Kurt Hawkins versus Heath Slater match. That Heath Slater wins off screen. Yes. So that they can load uh, Braun back into the back of the... They can bloody him up and load him back into the back of the ambulance. And then he crawls out and, under his own power, hobbles away. Which I thought would have been a great way to end the show, but uh, we had to go to the Universal title match after that. But Yeah, we had the we had the, the recurring theme on hashtag WWE balls of, of blood. It was a very bloody pay-per-view. There was a lot of... <laughs> Uh, we didn't even touch on Hardy getting all fucked up. Oh, jeez. Um, 
The Hardy Boys do not go well with Sheamus and Cesaro. They get fucked up every match they have with these guys. Somebody loses a tooth, gets busted open. You know, I've talked about Sheamus and his style being a little careless sometimes. I sort of feel like I'm validated on that opinion at this point. <laughs> um, but and then now here's here's the one that was a little weird for me, uh, and we didn't even really talk about this. But at post match with the women. Uh, Sasha beats the shit out of Alexa all the way up the aisle, which I thought was great. Alexa gets the upper hand like she's going to put her through the table. And we're all, every one of us is sitting at home going, she didn't take the monitors out. She's not putting her through the table. (laughs) But um, (laughs) Sasha reverses it, hits those double knees, well, attempted the double knees. Here's the problem, though. God, that looks fucking brutal. When you go back and watch it, she just, like, jumped off and put her crotch face first into Alexa's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and then Alexa's mouth was bloody. I don't know what that means. I'm just putting two and two together. So what you're saying is uh, is eat balls? Maybe I know. <laughs> nice. Maybe I know why Sasha was so angry. That's all I'm saying. Maybe it was a certain time, you know. Speaking no, uh, of women and speaking of women at tables, uh, since I was not here last week to talk about it, that last woman standing match between Oscar and Nikki Cross, holy shit! Yeah, if you want to discuss great. that shit, come on your anyway. own show. Um, no, f- fuck you. <laughs> it was great. Anyway, back then, to this week. Then you juxtapose that with the fake blood in the bronze segment. I was kind of like, eh. <laughs> and then of course you had to know. When you saw Braun do that, that we were going to have that moment where he was going to find a white wall or a white car or something to put the blood on so he can smear because that's a Vince McMahon favorite. Because Roman did it three months ago, whatever it was. Vince has done that shot millions of times. He loves that (laughs) that shot. If it's a white shirt, a white wall, a white car, something, he wants that blood all over it. But yes, adorable adorable marks on Twitter. there's no way that could have been faked. Could have killed Strowman. With the reply, I think it's scripted, but not like that. So Roman went off script, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> to, which I, to which I replied, you're both just adorable. Yes. Um, no no way that could have been faked, Jason. No way. No. Uh-uh. Now, there was, there was quite a bit of debate, particularly amongst fans in general and amongst our host thread particularly, uh, of whether we witnessed the double turn at uh, Great Balls of Fire in that in that exchange, to which I said, "Why did Roman turn face? Because <laughs> he's always been a fucking heel, at least for quite a while now." Sal disagrees with me, but Sal's wrong, and uh, <laughs> Roman's been a heel. Roman continued to be a heel. How many times in this feud has Roman jumped him from behind? Or cheap shot at him or interfered in his match. Like, he's acting like a fucking heel. The problem is people are convinced that WWE wants us to cheer him. So, in their mind, he's still a face, even though everything he does is a heel work. Mm-hmm. And, oh, by the way, he's fighting the guy who gets the most cheers on the show. Yeah. Strowman's the biggest baby face on Raw. Mostly for beating the shit out of Roman. Sure, yeah. whatever. <laughs> I just part of me just wants I just want to see it where it plays out where like Braun comes back next week and just does something fucking devastating and horrid to Roman Reigns and then just looks at him and goes now I'm finished with you <laughs> that's got to be how it ends um, by the way for all those people sitting here saying well 
Roman went way too far, and that's why it's clearly a heel turn. Uh, need I remind you that the guy you're cheering for shoved him strapped to a gurney off of a loading dock a couple of months ago. Too far, man. Too far. So hard that the gurney teleported from one side of the garage <laughs> to the other. That's heel work. <laughs> uh, good stuff. So then we had our Universal Championship match. Uh, Brock Lesnar defeats Samoa Joe by pinfall. This is another polarizing match. A lot of people had differing opinions on this one. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the part where Samoa Joe kicked the crap out of him. I enjoyed that part. Uh, yeah, so... Let's just say in the past, Brock hasn't been so generous with his opponents. Yeah. Um, he gave, he gave, he let Joe look like a fucking rock star in that sure, match. Sure, absolutely. Uh, so hats off to, to Brock, first off. I, I thought, and he sold like a motherfucker in this match. He really did. Uh, hats off to Joe, because Joe's just fucking amazing. He's taken the ball that he's been handed, the opportunity he's gotten. He's absolutely run with it to the point where I think he's going to end up in the main event of SummerSlam. Uh, time will tell for sure, but I, I, I sort of feel like that's where we're going with that it's, uh, into a fatal four-way. But, again, we'll we'll get into it. Um, in terms of this match, I, I, I don't have a problem that it was short because I sort of feel like when they do these matches that have these real fight feels to them, real fights are short. Right. Typically, guys, guys take that kind of punishment, and they, they, don't, they can't fight like that for very long. Right. Um, I... The only thing, if I had if I had to nitpick one little thing, the only criticism I would say would be that I would have preferred a situation where uh, Joe kicks out of the the clut, the F five the first time, gets a second one, and then then gets pinned. I would have liked to see that. Uh, but the flip side to that, and I understand what they were doing, is that you can make a case uh, for Joe saying that it was a fluke. You know, I had you choked out one one stupid laps and moment moment in time and, and you got the f5 and beat me it was a fluke i, I dominated you the whole match so uh-huh. they left themselves the door to do that joe just needs about another inch and a half on his arms to actually get the the coquina fully locked in around brock's fucking thumb head but uh and uh kogo's kogo's sean on the side says uh I would grace you with my presence in the comment, se- comment section for the entire episode, but you don't deserve shit. <laughs> and uh, we'll get to that later, too. Yep. Well played, Coco Show. Brock's a, Brock's a fan of swearing on live TV. Piss! We'll care about your fucking kids. <laughs> I, it's one of those things that air, it adds to the kind of aura of Brock Lesnar, that yeah. I don't give a shit, I'll do whatever I want kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was an all right match. I just Brock Lesnar when he's on offense just bores the shit out of me. Now, it's just I don't know. Yeah. Oh, it's I'll bet you watching uh watching Brock Lesnar's two moves of doom. I bet everybody's really yearning for the five moves of doom <laughs> of John Cena, aren't they? No kidding. Do you want to start with Cena? We can start with Cena. I'm happy to start with Cena. The, oh my God, July 4th, we get a U.S. Open Challenge from AJ Styles. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where he got that idea from, but uh, it's a good idea. It's a great idea. 
Uh, and Cena open, Cena answers the open challenge. They tease us with a really fun match to open SmackDown and then immediately have a promo lead to a Teddy Long main event. But holla, holla, holla. My wife, my wife, when Cena came out, my wife was like, they're going to have him lose the belt immediately. Oh, by the way, AJ Styles won the U.S. title at MSG this weekend. Um, yeah, that was another item on our, on our, on our bit here. Uh, I guess probably we should start with that, given that that happened first, essentially, because right. uh, AJ Styles can't have a U.S. Open Challenge if he's not the U.S. champion. Um, I, it's not very interesting, obviously. Anytime they uh, switch a title at a house show, I think you get to the debate of why would they do that. Um, I think it was particularly striking when you when you throw in the juxtaposition of the fact that the week before they had just had AJ win a battle royal to earn an opportunity at a pay-per-view down the road yeah and uh then, part of part of me just says it was madison square garden so sure but madison square garden is one of those events they do all the time that's going to sell out no matter what this wow. isn't uh, but again you know title match title change you can't sell tickets for anyway because people don't know what's going to happen at the house show. right uh, yeah, it's fine. You, gotta, you I, gotta go to the live events. You never know what's gonna happen. Yeah, I have no objections to it. I, I thought it's kind of cool. Uh, it's just in terms of the story, and then they'll go back and probably put the title back on Owens at the pay per view. Would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can give AJ a little bit of a run with it. And use plus, we get to, we get more angry Kevin that now. Yeah, and the fact that they didn't change the new face of America Tron or any of that <laughs> yeah. stuff leads me to believe he's getting the belt back soon. They just don't want to put in the work on the graphics. Still, still refuses to step on his own face. Still amazing, but oh, completely. Yeah, and then we went to SmackDown, where he's, as you mentioned, Styles is going to do the U.S. Open Challenge. Of course, Cena accepted it. The whole time Cena's coming down, I'm like, all right, when's Kevin Owens coming down to interrupt before the match yeah. starts? Yeah, uh, and that's exactly what happened. And then, of course, Rusev jumped him. And then, as you mentioned, we get the Teddy Long special. Uh, the match was fine. Yes, yeah. it was. It was your typical, you know. These two faces taking teaming up to take on the two fa- two heels that they'll be fighting at the pay per view. Same crap we always see. It is kind of cool to see Cena and, and AJ as a team. Uh, but other than that, they've already made a T-shirt. That's not gonna set on fire. Um, yeah, there wasn't much for the main for the main event. It was just a typical. Hey, here's these guys. They're all doing things at the pay per view, presumably. So we're just gonna shove everybody together all at once. Right, boy, howdy. I sure can't wait for that flag match. Yeah, we discussed that uh, last week when you weren't on the show, so. <sighs> I don't know where you want to go next here. Uh, well, why don't all, we, kinds uh, of, all kinds of stuff happened this week. Why don't we talk about, we were just talking about the uh, the end to the Universal title match at hashtag WWE Balls. So let's go right into the promo we saw on Monday Night Raw. Um couple things first off positionally on the show i might have opened the show with this this little promo here with uh yeah brock and i, I sort of feel like you lead uh, a post pay-per-view show should lead with the biggest thing sure. off the pay-per-view i don't think it was Cass. uh yeah. what was it me or did they spend the entire i mean they teased it in the afternoon on the app and then they teased it throughout the show braun Strowman update and then the braun Strowman update was kurt angle saying nobody's seen him yeah, did I, I miss something else? Not that I, I don't think I did. Not that I saw. Uh, Matt on the side says, Adam's never going to live that down, is he? To which I respond, Matt, have you, have you watched this show in the past? Yeah, seriously. I also threw in an Adam and Asian joke earlier on, so no, things just don't <laughs> die on here. Um, 
But if they did die, Adam would forget to do the 10-bell salute anyway, so it wouldn't matter. Um, so in any event, uh, we did. We went to a – Kurt Angle came out. Are you okay? Fucking dick. <laughs> Kurt Angle comes out. Uh, he says he introduces Lesnar. Lesnar comes out, uh, says that he's going to announce Brock's challenger. Roman comes out. Uh, this is one thing. One part I thought was interesting going back and rewatching this. When uh, Heyman seems very excited at the possibility of Roman being the guy to challenge Lesnar, uh, so much to the extent that Lesnar actually seems like he's pissed at Paul for agreeing that this is a good idea, grabs the mic and then talks for himself, which is something he doesn't do very often, obviously, uh, telling Roman he doesn't deserve it. Uh, of course, this leads to to Joe coming out, Joe staking his claim. Uh, and and they, the real, this is part of the whole Roman and, uh, not Roman, uh, Brock and Joe thing is that it feels like there's a real element to it. Like these guys don't like each other. Now, it, it's not true. Apparently Brock was actually very pleased uh, with the match Joe gave him at the pay-per-view, which might be why he ends up in the main event at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they, when they're performing together, you can feel tension, and that's that's a good thing for them to have. Yeah, certainly. Um, then, of course, uh, we get the announcement that next week we're going to have Roman versus Joe for the number one contender shot at SummerSlam. Uh, of course, in my, my, in my headspace, immediately goes the flashing light that says, oh, Braun returns next week, costs them both, and we have a fatal four-way at SummerSlam. All right, cool, now I know what the main event is. Uh, which is actually, you weren't here last week because uh, you ditched the show last week, um, but that was when I predicted that that was what they were going to end up doing, and uh, I feel like that's where we're headed. I'm perfectly all right with that. I think it was Kogos Sean made the point in the host thread uh, that he wants to actually see Brock lose the title at some point and not just you know lose the title in a multi-man match where he doesn't take the fall, but... Uh He's well, the beast. So to me, this is what we're going to do. We're going to have Brock. I think SummerSlam will be a recipe for the belt to come off of Brock. I right. Think they want to have the title back on TV to try to help ratings. Um, so I think Brock's going to lose the belt. I think they're setting it up this way so he can lose it without taking the pinfall. That will lead to the chase, ultimately getting us to WrestleMania, where Brock will ultimately put over whoever is the, the holder at that point, probably Roman. Right. Yeah, and I, I, I am. 100% in favor of the Universal title actually being on TV. So, Yeah, and Matt, Matt on the side says Braun is definitely costing him that match, and that will make it a fatal four-way. So, yeah, Matt agrees yeah. with me. Yep, I think I think we're all in agreement here on that. But the uh, promo itself, I, I, the, I think everybody in that promo performed particularly well, uh, and that was another moment where if you go back and watch it, just watch Kurt Angle's facials the entire time. <laughs> uh, just amazing work by Kurt Angle this week. Yeah. Did you watch? Um, uh, did you watch the the Kurt Angle twenty four? I did. I did. Oh. Excellent. Excellent. Oh. Work. Amazing. Uh, I think I said in the, in our host, so good. Just very raw, very real. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they touched on a lot of things that that you don't necessarily think they would touch on. Uh, I either I either did not know or had forgotten that he had attempted to take his own life. Yeah, I don't remember hearing that that yeah. actual story yeah. before, but that was obviously very compelling. Yeah. If if you have the network and you have not watched I, I, any of the WB twenty fours, yeah, uh, but this one especially is just it's, um, incredible. The, it, it really was. Yeah, the moments where his wife is describing you know him on the couch and you know that whole deal. I, I just thought it was really very very real. Um, I love, I love just even just right in the beginning when when he goes into Vince's office and they start hugging him, and Vince basically just goes, "Get the fuck out!" Yeah, 
It's a nice way to treat your employees in front of the world, Vince. Good job. Because, <laughs> um, you know, that camera guy went, you know what I want to do? I'm just going to randomly follow Kurt Angle around with nobody telling me to do so. And he was just doing what he was fucking told, man. I also particularly love the fact that Stephanie felt the need to make sure we knew she wasn't wearing makeup because she wasn't expecting this. <laughs> I don't normally look like this. I'm usually wearing makeup. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Matt says he watched it this morning and actually bald. And you know, I, there were, there was... I was I was near tears very many times. Yeah. I'm not ashamed to admit that. They, uh, I like how they cleverly mentioned the TNA run and completely glossed over everything that <laughs> happened. Because, you know, he was only I, there for four years more than he was in WWE, but that's okay. I went I went somewhere, I did some things, yeah. now but I'm back. They even put over TNA. They had a thing that said, hey, he signed with TNA. I love the the story, him telling the stories about his dad, you know, the, the, the flashback to that, whatever that documentary was in 2001 where we were talking about the building that his dad built. Yep. Just the whole thing, just the whole thing was just fantastic. Yes. So go and watch that if you have not watched that yet. That is... That is my recommendation for you this week, is to go and watch the Kurt Angle Homecoming WWE 24. I would have sworn you would be recommending Ride Along. <laughs> Don't watch that show. <laughs> no, no, no. Go watch the Nia Jax. I'll, tr- I'll try to remember to watch that one. That one, because if you haven't seen it, they prank call Byron Saxton while they're <laughs> in the car, and it's you get a real appreciation for how weird and creepy Byron is on that. <laughs> You really do. Plus, all right, all right. Plus Jericho and Owens, and what more do you need to say? All right. Okay, now we're completely off topic. Talking about Kurt Angle's facials. Uh, what else do we got here? Let's talk about the uh, the fact that it looks like we got uh, a very broken promo from the Hardys on Raw. Hmm. Uh, uh-huh. c- complete with... They were certainly throwing in some keywords, weren't they? They'll fade away and classify themselves as obsolete. Yeah. Um, you know, I, Matt was doing what Matt always does, but this was the first time we really saw Jeff kind of dip his toes into the, the hinting towards yeah. the characters, uh, which yeah. I thought was interesting. Uh, add to that the fact that they ended up losing relatively quickly and cleanly to the club, which is not something you would necessarily have expected. Uh, mm-hmm. only to be destroyed by the revival after the fact. Uh, all signs to me point to them, th- this being how we get to Broken somehow. Mm. Fuck the revival? No, I love the revival. What are you talking I don't about? Know what the, I don't know what that's about. Some Ring of Honor thing. Um, yeah, and I, I, if they're going to go with a revival Hardy's feud, I'm, I'm in favor of that, certainly. Yeah, and that's going to be the thing. They'll go with that feud, and then what will happen is... You know, the Revival will win, and that's the beauty part of this, and that'll probably end up, you know, lo- losses will pile up, and that will lead to the Hardys being broken. Now, here's one thing that I found particularly interesting, and, and we're all jumping to the Hardys and the Revival, and that's probably where we're going to end up, and that's a good thing. Now, I will... I had a little idea balloon go off in my head during Raw, uh, and I don't know if you caught this, particularly after the Hardys the match, because... Prior to their match, uh, Finn Balor is leaving as they're coming out, and they stop and shake hands, and then Finn continues. And it seemed very odd in contact, you know, just out of the, what was going on. And then you realize... Well, they're friends. Well, yeah, except then you realize that the next group out is the club. And then I start to wonder, wait a second, 
is Finn going to come back and cost the Hardys this match and, and reform the club? And I'm still thinking that w- that might have been a breadcrumb for that. Mm. I know you don't follow All Japan, but uh, you know Balor was the leader of the, the Bullet Club over there before AJ showed up. So as as soon as Finn left, AJ was the new, basically, AJ's first show was Finn's last show. So, there you go. So he has, a, he has as much of a connection to Gallows and Anderson, if not more so than AJ does. Uh, so that would make a ton of sense. But it just seemed and like... And his, his, his thing still says Balor Club, so... Yeah, it just seemed like one of those breadcrumbs that they sort of drop. Although although they haven't called Gallows and Anderson the club since they since they separated in yeah. a superstar in the, in the draft, but... Yeah. Well, and it came on the heels of the Elias Sampson um, versus Finn Balor match. What were your thoughts on yeah. that one? Well, I don't remember much of it, so... <laughs> Is it... Uh, but I don't think it was a squash. No, 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 but Finn did win convincingly. My wife did ask me a couple of times if uh, Elias Sampson was Damian Sandow. I said, no, but I can kind of see where you get that. I don't see that. Jack. It was just the hair, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I Jack, don't know. Jack Sandow. Could be. Um, we also, let's see, what else did we have this week worth discussing? Uh, we had the uh, women's Fatal Five Way announced on SmackDown. It, yeah. To determine the number one contender, that'll take place at Battleground to determine the number one contender. So for the second pay per view, we have the champion without a legitimate challenger at the pay per view because I don't think anyone thought Lana was a legitimate challenger. Right. The only woman left on the roster who could fight her at that pay per view would be Carmella, which doesn't make any sense with Carmella having the money in the bank shot. And, oh, by the way, aren't we just coming off a pay-per-view with a multi-woman match to sort of determine who the next contender was going to be? Granted, Money in the Bank isn't a direct number one contender's match, but it's sort of along those lines. Right. And uh, yeah, it just seemed really kind of... Yeah, no, I, I spent that... I, uh, just watching that whole thing where they announced, or you know, Shane comes out with that announcement, I was just sitting here going... They don't know what they're doing right now with the women on SmackDown. Well, other than I think they're just trying to expose, to get, probably poor choice of words, uh, get them all as much exposure as possible, mm-hmm. uh, which is fine. I will, but. I will give Naomi credit. The the glowed up women's championship does look better now that the, now that she's also colored up the uh, the back plate, so you can actually see the WWF logo, and not just the one spot between the two Ws. Still not a huge fan of it, but it's better than it was. I think it's kind of cool. I, I always like it's something differentiates it from... My, my biggest problem with those belts is that they all look the same at this point. There's nothing that separates them, and she's she's found a little niche that makes hers different than everybody else's. And you can sit here and talk to me all day about fucking side plates. I can't see the side plates when they're walking <laughs> to the ring. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, this is the yeah, only I thing. think now now that they've done the back plate of the WWE, you can actually see the WWE logo. Yeah. Which I think was the biggest problem with the way it was done the first, where it was just so it's just oh, so it's W. I think it does I think it does look better now yeah. than it did before. I'm still not a huge fan of it. Maybe I'll grow to like it, but it, it does look better now than it did on the first week that it appeared. It's lit, Adam. It's lit. It is. Literally. Um uh, all right, so let's do this because this is not necessarily something we do all the time. But let's talk for a second about 205 Live this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're talking about this way earlier than we typically do. And the only reason I'm going to do that at this particular point 
uh, is that there was a match on there that I really enjoyed, and it was Cedric Alexander and Noam Dar in an I Quit match. Absolutely. Um, it was a great match. If you haven't seen this match, I would advise you, you know, against your better judgment, turn on 205 Live and check this one out because it was actually worth it. Uh, I thought the match was really good. I thought they were they were very physical. They told a really good story. It was it was really a perfect way to blow off this storyline altogether. Um, yeah. And and the ending was just fabulous. Where he he's hitting he's got his hand in the chair. He keeps hitting it. You know, do you want to quit? No, no, no. And then he just looks at him. He's like, "This is your last chance. Do you want like just do it?" No. And then he just proceeds to wail the shit out of it. Stomp the shit out of the yeah. chair. Yeah. And, and it was just great. I thought it. It, it was Cedric, absolutely. Cedric looked like a boss. And then, of course, immediately following that, did, did did we just turn Alicia Fox face again? Is that what happened? I, I don't know. <laughs> the the Alicia Fox championship is currently vacant. Yeah, it was vacated by Noam Dar as he kicked her to the curb. Smathers on the side! What up, Smathers? <laughs> uh, Smathers says, started awfully early tonight. Yeah, Adam just went, fuck it. I'm going to change the schedule on everybody. It's quarter to nine. All right. Nobody, you can't please anybody. Um, no, I love that. I love that. I quit match. I thought it was fantastic. By the way, uh, boys and girls, Adam's going to be changing the day of the week coming up soon, so stay tuned. It's the beginning of August, yes. Uh, other, other commitments. I could just not, I could just not be on the show every week. That apparently makes it better. Um, well, Andy and I have a natural chemistry. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, the spot with the fingers in the turnbuckle. Yes. Yeah. Looked so great. Yeah. So great. Yeah, the whole match was great. I would definitely encourage you to go back and check it out. It's definitely worth uh, worth the view. <sighs> Speaking of things that are worth the view, uh, oh. Maurice. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're in my wheelhouse now, pal. All right. <laughs> Goddamn, that I... dress was fucking amazing. <laughs> she looked like a million dollars in there. I enjoyed. I enjoyed the hell out of the Mizzies. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I, I enjoyed. I, I really, I think to me, my favorite part was Maurice getting her Mizzy because she legitimately played it off like she fake cried, did the yeah. whole deal. <laughs> my, uh, I think my favorite part was was when it was uh, the crowd chanting "You deserve yes. it" to Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. Yes. Yeah, that was great too. Uh, and then, of course, Dean Ambrose, as he's wont to do, shows up and ruins all the good time everybody else is having. <laughs> um, the saving grace here being that it looks like maybe we're we're actually heading towards a Seth Rollins and Miz thing, which just from yeah. the perspective of freshness, I'm I'm really hoping and looking forward yeah. to. Um, it was weird though. Uh, Dean Ambrose comes out, gets attacked. Seth comes out to make the save, and then later Dean yells at Seth for trying to make the save, and then has to come out and make the save for Seth during the main event. I think he was. It wasn't coming out so much to make the save for Seth as he was just to get his hands on Mace yeah. and, and the other guys, and that's the storytelling mechanism they're going with on that one. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, know, I just thought it was weird that Dean would yell at him for that. No, actually, I okay. that was a touch I well, actually enjoyed because all too often it's oh, okay. Well, you did this horrible fucking thing to me, but now you're a good guy, so we'll be best friends again, and we'll forget everything that ever happened. And in this case. Ambrose is like, no, you were a fucking dick to me. I don't want to hang out with you. I don't want your help. You're a fucking cock. Leave me alone. Uh, and I thought that was that was good. I like that. And I don't. And and and, perhaps, maybe, just maybe, what we're seeing are the beginning of the the seeds being planted for an Ambrose heel turn, which I think is desperately needed for that character. Uh, yep. 
Uh, Kogo Sean says, Dean Ambrose and Sami Zayn need to leave my television set forever. Uh, well, first off, I'm pretty sure Kogo Sean does not watch the product from the afterlife uh, very often anyway, so they're probably not on your TV all that often as it is. But uh, secondly, I don't agree with Sami Zayn. I think Sami Zayn's great. Sammy got clocked over the head with a vase this week. Yes, and that was great, too. Let's talk about that because what we have, first off, we have this scene where Maria just absolutely stunning. She just is just an impeccably gorgeous woman. There's nothing else you can say about that. Mm -hmm. Um, Knocks on the men's locker room. Pop open the door. Oh, it's Chad Gable who is towered over by Maria. <laughs> like she makes him look like a small child. I expected her to pat him on the head and send him off with a with a penny candy or something. Um, but you know we're looking for Sami Zayn. Blah blah blah. I'll let him know. Okay, fine. So Chad Gable went from competing toe to toe with AJ Styles to delivering messages for Maria. But yeah, it is what it is. Um, we then got. The moment where, for the first time, and I thought this was really well done, uh, for the first time we saw that Mike and Maria are not just all about the lovey-dovey bullshit, but when pushed, they can actually get violent and get angry. And, uh, and the fucking line, love hurts. Oh, beautifully delivered, beautifully written. Just excellent. I really enjoyed it. I, re- I enjoyed that whole segment. And I'm yeah. looking forward to... Uh, Mike and Sammy, because I think Sammy can can get the best match out of Mike. Mike's a great worker anyway, but oh, I think, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think uh, Sammy Do, and him are going to have really good chemistry in there. Yeah, that's probably it. They think that's a battleground, I would, I would assume. I would think, yeah. Yeah. What else did we get announced for Battleground this week or something else? Uh, we got, Other we got the, Nakamura and Baron Corbin. That's what it was. Nakamura versus Corbin. That's what it was after the, after the beating that they laid out during... During the match that wasn't a match. Yeah, was there anyone that actually thought we were going to get a real match out of this? Yeah. Uh, it was painfully obvious this was just filler to get us to the pay-per-view. Uh, and they So they're actually them. giving us a first-time ever match on the pay-per-view. Yeah, and it's a Baron Corbin one. So, yeah, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, no, it, it was fine. We got the Nakamura entrance. We got Nakamura on TV, which hasn't been something that's happened a whole lot lately, so that's good on them. Um, you know, it was fine for they what it was. The segment set up. They didn't... <laughs> They didn't try to have him cut a promo. <laughs> no, it was a segment to get us to where we needed to go. It looked, the, right. you know, the physicality looked real. The, the pull apart looked nice. I had no problems with that. That was well done. Yeah, yeah. What I didn't like so much was uh, was the return of Ty Dillinger to TV. You didn't, huh? That's interesting. I mean, I knew that we had. Uh, sure, you got to have the guy go up against Gender and make Gender look strong as the champion going into your Punjabi prison match. But did it have to be Ty Dillinger? Well, okay. You're looking at it from the smart perspective, and I understand that. But allow me to do one of those things I do best, and that's bitch smart you on this one. <laughs> uh, because you just put Ty Dillinger side by side, credibly next to the heavyweight champion of the world. True, true. You just you just legitimized Ty Dillinger and put him and said this guy can stand in the ring legitimately with the world heavyweight champion. That's a good thing for Ty Dillinger. Uh, the reaction he got was another good thing. We're talking about two weeks in a row. He was one of the final three in the Battle Royal. He's in the ring with the heavyweight champion. He's getting great reactions every week. Two weeks in a row on TV. Uh, I, I was very encouraged by what happened with Dillinger the other day. And 
as we'll get into in the news lately, there may have been a certain air of punishment in terms of how much offense he didn't get in in that match uh, based on some things that happened on social media, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So are you saying I'm very smarky and marky? Yes. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks, Sal. <laughs> anyway. Uh, no, you're right. You're true. Plus, we got to see Ty Dillinger on TV, so that's always good. With a full and entrance. Not enough, not enough. Not enough fucking fast food commercial. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't get the and also in the ring entrance either. He got True. the full entrance. He got the the reaction from the crowd. Uh, Sean Kogo Sean on the side says being in the ring with the champion is meaningful, unless that champion is Jinder Mahal. And uh, Kogo Sean hasn't quite jumped on the Punjabi train just yet. Mm-hmm. Punjabi Express. Can we do that? Is that something we can make work? Sure, that works. Can we, can we make that a thing? Okay. It's an Indian fast food restaurant. Um, <laughs> it's it's an express train out of your ass. Um, <laughs> what else do we have? Uh, uh, you, uh, I, okay, so you touched on this earlier, but you did not like Big Cass's promo on Raw. It, not the content of it. The content of it was fine. Also, I don't know if if this happened on yours, but on my feed, I don't know if it was just something. That, was there a random like jump cut in the beginning? <sighs> I don't recall. I uh, just I, I, I wasn't watching it live this week, so I don't. Oh, okay. Anyway, I don't know if maybe he swore something, but I just thought he. I just thought it. It, it was very obvious to me that he was not a hundred percent comfortable out there by himself, and some of his delivery seemed a little, a little hesitant. The looking around for reaction after delivering lines, uh, I noticed a couple of times. It just didn't. It didn't. The content of the promo was fine. I think it was good to 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 establish him as. As a bad guy saying, I'm going to be the WWE champion someday and you're not going to hold me down anymore and, you know, all that. But just the delivery of it just felt kind of something rang untrue about it to me. All right, well, I'm going to go on the exact opposite because I really enjoyed the promo. I thought it was really good. And I think here's the trick. A lot of people are still looking at Cass or Test, whatever you want to call him, uh, <laughs> and saying to themselves and sort of thrown off by the fact that he's not out there cutting the jokey promo, that he's actually cutting a good, legitimate heel promo uh, where he's not trying to be funny and he's trying to convey seriousness and anger and, and you know, uh, evil intentions. I thought all that came across. I thought it was really well done really well. I thought it was exactly the type of promo Cass needed. Uh, I could have done without the big show coming out because I can always do without the big show coming out at this point. Very true. Um, but I did sort of like the the Haas fight they had, if you will, just two giant guys tearing into each other. Some of the shots were a little less than convincing, but mm-hmm. you know, sometimes in those those moments that happens. Um, yeah. Matt on the I side, mean, totally. Matt on the side says he would rather be on the Jinder Mahal train uh, than have a one way ticket to Viperville, and uh, <laughs> we'll dis- we'll discuss our number one contender for the WWE Championship later on in our news section. Mm. Uh, and Smathers says, I'm going to petition to make Punjabi defined as getting a handy under the table at an Indian restaurant. I feel like that's sort of racist, but I don't know for sure. <laughs> I think we're in that gray area. Yeah, Punjabi already has it. Maybe you can get Punjabi Express defined as that. Yeah, Punjabi, um, that, that would be, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I just think they could not have telegraphed where they were going more than when Cass was like, I am the biggest competitor here. Oh, well, here comes the big show. Eh, didn't bother me. But 
No, like I said, the, the content of the promo was fine. Just the delivery felt a little off to me. And it could have just, like I said, it could have just been nerves. Uh, but I felt I, like he was, he was delivering his lines. He was delivering, you know, the one-liners that they gave him and then looking for some kind of crowd response to be like, Oh, did that go good? Was that a, that a good one? You, you, you mean like everybody else on the roster does? No, see, I, I liked the content. I thought the delivery was good and believable and credible. So we just had different perceptions of that. Um, I, the looking around didn't bother me. How often do you see the other guys stop and pause for a moment and let the audience soak in what they're saying? I, I see that all the time. That doesn't... Yeah, but it, I don't know, it felt different to me. I, again, I think a lot of it comes from the fact that you're not used to this guy doing this kind of thing. Uh, and, you know, it looks awkward because you're so used to seeing him do one thing and he's not doing that anymore. He's doing something completely different. Right. <sighs> All right. Speaking of something completely different, uh, Bray Wyatt won two matches in a row. Yes, he did, because on Monday Night Raw, <laughs> in the main event, he uh, once again pinned Seth Rollins. And first off, hats off to Seth for the sell job on that sister Abigail, because he looked like yeah. he, uh, he almost basically looked like he had DDT'd on it. He went basically head first right into the canvas, almost on the top of his head. Took that move like a fucking champ. Uh, made it look devastating. So good on Seth for that one. Um, he should, you know, he should stop stealing people's moves. That one's for you, Troy. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I thought it was it was a big moment for Bray to get those two wins, and maybe we're off off and running with something credible for Bray now. Uh, but I also think that maybe it's time we give some serious consideration to a real face run for Bray Wyatt because I think it might now help. That he's, now that he's all by himself, well, him and JoJo. <laughs> On screen, he's all by himself. Uh, uh, and then Smather says mm-hmm. he thought the crowd was pretty hot most of the night. He liked Cass's promo until Big Show showed up. Uh, Paul White is a really cool guy, but I'm kind of over him in the ring. And I think that's a fair sentiment uh, regarding the Big Show. Mm-hmm. I just don't... Huh. And you know what? It's not even Big Show's fault at this point. It's just the way they've booked him. They, they've just... Yes, Sal, listen up. They've ruined the Big Show. Um, <laughs> but you know, you go back and you look at the guys like that, the uh, Andres and whatnot. They're booked like attractions, and I think they're trying to do that now with Big Show. But after weeks, months, years, and years and years of booking him on the show every week, taking pinfall after pinfall, there's nothing special about him anymore. He's not intimidating. When you look at the list of guys who have pinfall victories over the Big Show, which you know what, vamp for a second. La, I could play Sal's voicemail. Forgot to do that before. <laughs> And he probably covers a bunch of shit we're already, we, we're, we haven't gotten yeah, to yet. Uh, let's see. If I Google people who have beaten Big Show. Let's see what comes <laughs> up. Just curious. There's got to be a list somewhere. It's just going to be a one page that says, did you mean to search everyone? Well, five superstars you won't believe beat the Big Show. This will be interesting. Uh, Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy has beaten the Big Show. Uh, let's see what else we got. Raven. Raven beat the Big Show in a hardcore championship match. Uh, William Regal defeated the Big Show. Oh, here's one. Chuck Palumbo defeated the Big Show. <laughs> uh, and it looks like Carlito defeated the Big Show at one point. So, yeah, that's that's how special the Big Show is right there. So, there's probably a longer list. I'll have to find it. Maybe I'll post it or bring it up next week. I don't know. <laughs> cagematch.net 
Yeah, I'm not going through the full list. I was looking for somebody else to do all the work for me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so again, that, what were we talking? Oh, Seth and Seth and uh, Bray. Yeah, I thought uh, it was, and this this one was even more convincing of a victory on Raw. I thought than at the pay per view, uh, where it kind of like did the thumb in the eyes, even though he got nowhere near his eyes. Uh, yeah, but. I thought the the one on Raw was surprising. I thought that was the perfect fifty fifty booking opportunity, and instead, why it goes over and clean. Yeah. Hooray! I'm always a fan of when Bray Wyatt wins. So. Yeah, I, I look. I'm on record. I don't get the Bray Wyatt thing. Um, I just don't see it. But I'm more than willing to give him a chance if they if they give him a legitimate push and a chance to establish himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we're gonna talk. A little bit in the news and, and just moments about the May Young Classic. The full list of competitors was announced this week. Uh, but before we get into that, allow me to uh, call some attention to this week's episode of NXT where we had a qualifying match for the May Young Classic between uh-huh. Vanessa, don't call me Airborne, <laughs> and uh, Jamie Heishi, Hachi, Heishi, I believe. Uh this was my concern with the Mae Young Classic, and we'll see how it plays out, but it looks like in a lot of cases, rather than going out and getting the best independent women wrestlers in the country or in the world, they went out and just found a bunch of their NXT girls who haven't been on TV yet. And these girls both looked greener than goose shit in the ring. It didn't look good. Um, Jamie's wardrobe didn't wasn't flattering on her at all. She sort of looked like a... a less um, flattering version of Victoria and, uh, mm-hmm. is the best way I could describe it. Um, I, I didn't like the match. It wasn't good. And these girls, by default, one of them gets a spot in the Mae Young Classic, uh, and that's a spot that's not being given to a far more talented competitor who doesn't necessarily work for the WWE. Right. Um, and that's disappointing. Yeah, they're kind of going backwards on this. I did appreciate the spot where she, where the one girl whipped the other with her hair. I thought that was interesting. The girl with the long, uh, the long braid ponytail. Um, but given that that's the only spot I really remember from that match, it doesn't say much about the match itself. But um, yeah, but, my concern is not for the match. My concern is that what this tells us about the tournament. Oh, absolutely. It tells us no, they, the seriousness abs- that they're taking this tournament with, and that's frightening. They've absolutely taken a step back from from the aura that surrounded the, the, the cruiserweight classic. And it is a little, it is a little disappointing. Absolutely. Cause the, cause the cruiserweight classic was, was done so well and, and, and the, the, you know, came off with such, you know, high praise, uh, that they have now completely wasted on 205 live. Um, that there, there were high expectations for this. And, and this is definitely not living up to, to expectations. I mean, you, you have the list in the notes here. I recognize a few of these names. Yeah, well, let's let's a run few. through it for those at home who maybe haven't seen this list. There's the official list of all 36 women in the 32 women, sorry, in the uh, and Mayon Classic has been announced, and the list goes as said: uh, Dakota Kai, first time NXT girl; um, Serena Deeb. Uh, so some of you may remember from the uh, CM Punk led Fuck CM Punk Straight Edge Society. Uh, back in the day, Vanessa Bourne, who we just talked about, Zia Lee, uh, Rachel Evers, who is Rachel Ellering, Sage Beckett, 
uh, Kaylee Ray, Tessa Blanchard, very accomplished woman, uh, Tony Storm, another accomplished woman, Marty Bell, who you might remember from TNA, uh, Lacey Evans, who's one of the talented NXT girls, uh, Santana Garrett, who's one of my favorites, unsigned and should be signed, uh, Nicole Savoy, don't know who that is, Aisha Raymond, not familiar, Raina Gonzalez, not familiar, Shayna Baszler from uh, NX, uh, not NXT, UFC, um, one of the four horsewomen along with uh, Ronda Rousey, Abby Lace, who is Kimberly, is in there. Piper Nevin, Nevin I believe. Uh, Zeta, Rhea Ripley, Kavita Devi, who's another one of the NXT girls. Sarah Logan, Crazy Mary Dobson. Uh, Bianca Belair, another NXT girl. Candice LeRae. Uh, Mia Yim, who you might remember as Jade from TNA. Miranda Salinas, uh, Renee Michelle, Princess Shughit. Uh, Mercedes Martinez, very talented girl who's uh, worked a lot in New England. I'm happy to see her getting the opportunity. Uh, Jazzy Gabbert, uh, Tainara Conti, who's another one of the uh, NXT girls we mentioned recently, uh, and Kyrie Sane, formerly known as Kyrie Hojo from Stardom, very talented female. Um, not as uh, star-studded a lineup as I would have hoped for when they announced this tournament. Put it that way. Right. How, how I, are you going to – and I, I think I made this point last week, but how are you going to sit here and sell me on the idea that this, is, this tournament is determined who the best women wrestlers in the world are when fucking the iconic girls aren't even in there? Yeah, I, I can understand you don't want to put the WWE girls in there. Fine. But you're looking at NXT girls, and the NXT girls you're giving me in this thing are fucking Rachel Evers, uh, Sarah Logan – uh, Lacey Evans uh, and and all these like new girls who have barely st- worked five matches in, on on television. Look, right. and, and I don't mean to throw any shade on any of these girls. Uh, Kimber- uh, Kimberly, I happen to know, incredibly talented girl, but she hasn't been on TV more than once on, on NXT. You can't tell me this is the best group of women in the world when your own NXT established people. Fucking Liv Morgan can't be in this tournament. She's been in NXT championship matches. She can't get a fucking mm-hmm. spot in this tournament. The iconic girls, you're not using them on NXT. You might as well use them in this tournament. Nope, can't do that. Uh, it's just the list of people that they should be using. Even fuck, this would have been, this tournament would have been a great device to get, uh, fuck, I forget the name, Sonya Deville over, the former Daria um, Baronado. Sure, her her, her tough ass UFC gimmick would have been great in there with Shayna Baszler. Sure, you know that there, there were so many opportunities you could have used. Where even if they don't win the whole tournament, you can really get these girls who are on TV that we know and get them over. Uh, instead, we got a bunch of girls people don't know going in. They're going to forget coming out. And what are they fighting for? There's no titles on the line. But if it's an established NXT girl who wins this whole thing. There doesn't have to be titles on the line because they're immediately catapulted into the top of the women's division in NXT, so it serves a purpose. Right. This does nothing. This is just this is just to say we're having a women's tournament, and, and that's that's really disappointing to me. I had very, very yeah, high no. expectations for this. Absolutely. And I, I feel like that might be part of the reason why they're not actually doing the episodic release, where they'll just be like, here, here's your thing. Go... Uh, Watch chunk now. Watch chunk later. We'll be live on this date with the finals, and uh, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I, I I recognize maybe five of the names on that list. Um, well, I recognize you know a bunch of the names, but the problem is they're not names that most people recognize, and that's that to me is the problem. That takes right. away from what the right. tournament should be. Right. 
<sighs> and even throw Ruby, even throw Ruby yeah. Riot in there. They did that thing on on NXT this week where she was, to, you know, she got an Ember Moon's face, be like, "Hey, it's my fucking turn." Yeah, absolutely. Or set this thing to air before SummerSlam and make it for the shot at Takeover at the pay per view, right. and have yeah. Ember Moon in there, and Ember Moon wins it. You know, add some stakes to it because right now there's nothing attached to it except saying, right? Except saying you're the best woman in the world. Who you know when you don't include the best women in the world. Yeah. I can't tell if Sal is commenting on this via text message or on what Troy is uh, talking about. Anyway. Um Yeah. Not yeah, I'm not I'm like I said, I probably won't I probably I probably won't end up watching this tournament as much as I watch the NXT. Well, uh, how, the CWC, how are we gonna do this podcast like, then? Troy can come on and give us all spoilers. I think I, you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can make that happen at least on my end. I think that would make for an interesting podcast. That might be fun. Uh, speaking of the women, though, they did your favorite thing on uh, on Raw, where Bailey pinned the. Uh, I don't have as much of a problem with it when it happens in a tag match. It's a little bit, yeah. you know, it's a little bit different. It's still not. I'm still not a huge fan of it. I don't like champions to lose in general until they lose titles. But uh, yeah, but it, it was a little weird because I fully expected Sasha's going to get the pin here. That's going to give her a credible reason to go to SummerSlam. And, but Bailey getting the pin leads me to believe maybe we're looking at a triple threat or a four way or something, um, which would be a little bit of a let the wind out of the sails a little bit because I was sort of looking forward to after the way they ended the pay per view to a Sasha and Alexa rematch. Right. And if they go with the multi person match, do we do we finally get a Sasha Bailey thing? Or well, it's in Brooklyn. We know those two have history in that building, so they're super happy best friends at this point. Yeah, they're uh, they're introducing each other and everything. So, <laughs> off topic uh, and not on our list, but when you mentioning the um, you mentioning the name Renee during the uh, <laughs> during the list of competitors in the women's tournament just reminded me of the fashion finals from this week. Oh yeah, that didn't even make our list. Uh, well, <laughs> well, go oh, ahead. You're God. you're you're the uh, you're the mark for the fashion police. So go ahead. Runway Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> so great. And the uh, Fandango coming up on his on his little hobby horse and hiding it in the putting it in the ladder. <laughs> and then who stole the hobby horse? But what was what was what was Breeze's name? Was it ten, did he go with Tenay? Well, he was Tenay Young when uh, he was dressed up as Renee the week before. But yeah. you can't talk oh, about that because you skipped out on the show that week. We already had a discussion about that. All right, but. That made me laugh, Sid. Anyways, uh, and oh. then yes, the, I I completely popped for the the fashion X Files. The truth is not age. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, Smathers on the side says, uh, "Did they not show the Slater versus Hawkins match at the pay per view, or is that a Twitter joke?" No, they they showed them come out and then they cut away, so you didn't actually see the pinfall. You just heard them announce the winner. Uh, and then he says, "The Mae Young Classic with the tagline." the best of the rest and sadly that may be the best tagline for the tournament yeah all right we actually ended up leaving uh, most of nxt till the end here um what do you think of I, I'm, I'm intrigued by this uh by the tease for the the tag titles at this point with the 
sanity going sanity versus aop i like what they did with you know spreading out the three title matches over the last three weeks of programming i thought maybe we'd get a title change and not that i not that i really thought that roddy was going to take the belt off of bobby Roode, but i thought it might happen um i thought the tag title match this week was uh it was pretty good that was all right uh it was heavy machinery but yeah. uh, for what it was i thought it was pretty good uh, I, I do like the way that they promoted it as the literally the biggest match in NXT history. Yeah, I, I twelve hundred and fifty pounds of man in the I ring. I like the fact that they pointed out it was the first time that we've saw saw the AOP kind of manhandled like that and not be and be oversized in the ring. I thought they told that story well. Um, are, are we to buy AOP as the faces now in this feud with Sanity? Because yeah, that's the thing. I don't even know where. But the, the, to me, the even dumber thing about this, right? So. Eric Young clearly wasn't there at this set of tapings when they did him because he's been kind of noticeably absent from all the sanity stuff of late. He's making plans. Well, but here's the thing. So you cut earlier. This whole thing, I think, was really stupid. You have Drew McIntyre walking out to his car, and Alexander Wolfe is sitting on top of his car, and then they get into a little thing with, with them back and forth. Okay, fine. After that... We find out we're going to have a match between Killian Dane and Drew McIntyre next week. Wouldn't it have made more sense for them to jump, jump, jump Drew McIntyre after that match is made already? <laughs> were they just very prescient as to what was going to happen later on in the show? I don't know what why they would do that if that match has only been made one of yet. us can be undefeated. It seemed very weird how to do it like that. Um, also. So we are now to follow the notion that Killian Dane has two championship programs going on at the same time? It strikes me as it would have been a good spot for Eric Young to be maybe the one facing off with, um, you know, Drew McIntyre. No, but the point is that, that both of them are undefeated on TV, supposedly, so... They've both. They've neither one of them has lost a match, so they both should get an opportunity to be for to go for the title. I mean, I have no problem with Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Roode. I think that's going to be great. Um, and then, you know, Dane is the same size as the as the AOP guys, so you got your uh, you got your match up there. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know who's going to play which side in that uh, in that feud. If you give me Killian Dane and Eric Young against AOP, I'm all in. Not a, not a huge fan of Alexander Wolf. I haven't seen a whole lot from him that makes me that intrigued also mickey cross now just kind of okay has this fabulous match with oscar and now just kind of out there doing nothing again just as a valet sort of just but it's uh, it's ruby riot's turn no 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 (laughs) no it's not (laughs) no not even a little bit uh and oh by the way and this isn't on our list but let's discuss the fact that uh this week on nxt we saw the debut a former Ring of Honor television champion and tag team champion Bobby Fish to a uh, rousing ovation of crickets. Uh, <laughs> that was the worst reaction for a debuting guy on NXT and an indie star that I think I've ever seen. A few people, when when they when they said making his debut and the name popped up on the screen, there were some people who went, yeah! But then clever that was really clever editing. It. you got to listen to what the larger part of the crowd is doing. Yeah, yeah that was really about it. Uh, um, and... To be fair, and, and to not, to make sure we're not throwing shade on Bobby Fish here, they weren't that loud for Alistair Black either, who's one of the most over guys in NXT. Part of me wonders if this was one of those really late into a marathon taping kind of matches where the crowd's just tired, 
sort of ready to be done with the whole thing, but they want to stick around for the main event because uh, right. this was not a full sale reaction at all. Right. Yeah. And it does. Uh, I'm sure that they get those because that's how they do things down there. It would probably help them in terms of that if they were to switch to a, a more spread out taping schedule but that's just not the way that they do things so they but, can run uh, the live tours in between but but the match was really good and uh as yep. we'll discuss in the news later there was another debut at the tapings last night which could mm-hmm. have an impact on one mr bobby fish somewhere mm-hmm. down the road we shall find out uh, we were just talking about how depleted NXT tag team division. Yeah, we were just talking about how depleted that tag team division is. I wonder if there's a <laughs> there's a way they could maybe breathe some life into that. Maybe get a group of guys who maybe are they could breathe some fire into such it. good workers that they could maybe help carry a team like AOP to a really good match, sort of like DIY did. Uh, but as we discussed DIY, let's uh, talk about what happened this week as we saw Johnny Gargano uh, return to his and. <laughs> And his new theme song, which is just the DIY <sighs> theme song with a girl singing over yeah, it. Yeah, that was bad. You didn't like it? No, no, not good. I didn't all. mind it. I didn't mind it. So, somebody, I forget who it was, but somebody mentioned the best comparison they could think of is, do you remember when Christian's theme song was just the girl singing it? Yeah, yeah, Waterproof Blonde. And it was awful. <laughs> I didn't and mind it. And then they switched to the guy singing it, and it was much, much, much better. It was horrible, the first version. It was awful and terrible, and they played it today on, on whatever show I was listening to where they talked about it. And it was terrible. It's still terrible. And this is what it reminded me of. I could, It sounded like it would be a good theme for, like, the Mae Young Classic, but not for Johnny Gargano. <laughs> I would have. Was it me or was was it me or was that promo kind of short? Well, here's here's the thing, and, and as I was watching it in retrospect and thinking about it after the fact, it occurs to me there's only so much he can say because what you were expecting him to do is go out there and cut this promo on Tommaso, but there's really no point. Yeah, Tommaso's injured. Right. So he's all the all the vitriol, all the stuff that we would expect to get from this promo really isn't available for him to use. So he's kind of put in a tough spot. And yeah. uh, what he end, uh, you know, I don't want to get too spoilery, but he is going to be wrestling at Takeover Brooklyn in a singles match against somebody else, which you'll find out in the coming weeks. Uh, but it's not Tommaso, and, and it's sort mm-hmm. of like anything else was going bound to be a letdown. Yeah, but I mean, we talked about it. We talked about it when they uh, when the turn happened that they really need to keep them separate until takeover but that was the whole thing you were gonna build takeover takeover. and if you're building towards takeover johnny can go out there and cut that promo about how his brother turned his back on him and and he has all the ammunition to go out there and cut that i'm back promo that he needed to cut instead it was very there was very little mention of tommaso in the promo it was all about i gotta get back to being me and i gotta get back to being johnny wrestling and it was just very 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 white meat baby face almost way too much to the extreme point yeah but you know who was not white meat baby face at least according to what we saw last night that was the newest tag team that's going to be uh (laughs) making their debut on nxt in the coming weeks uh known as the street profits was was that racist (laughs) angelo dawkins and montez ford or as i have begun calling them already crime time too i was calling them crime time light yeah uh, that's pretty much what it is. We saw a quick vignette. It looks like they're coming in the future. Not a whole lot more do we know yet, except this is Angelo Dawkins' like 19th gimmick. So hopefully this one sticks. Yep. 
Angelo Dawkins, who I believe was Percy Watson light when I first started watching NXT, and now has is now put on some weight. Either Sh- Shad Gaspard light or JTG light. I'm not sure which. Um, yeah, the promo didn't do much for me. That vignette, I was just like, okay, that's a thing. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, I actually, I, I, I sort of like Angelo Dawkins, and I appreciate the hustle that he's he's stuck through some really bad stuff, gimmick wise. To, to keep trying to make mm-hmm. something happen, and he, he works hard. So hopefully this will be something for him. It looks like there's some promise to it, so we'll see what happens. It looks like they're sort of getting behind it a little bit, and uh, maybe this will be the thing for him that clicks. With that, let's go to Sal's voicemail and see if there's anything that we missed. What's up, Rundown? It's Sal, and I'm calling to talk about the week that was... In the WWE. Now, I got to tell you guys something. I did enjoy the WWE Great Balls of Fire pay-per-view. And then Raw was pretty good. And then SmackDown kind of trailed off a little bit. Nothing too exciting on SmackDown. Uh, Biggest, two biggest stories of the week. Obviously, what Roman Reigns did to Braun Strowman after their match. Uh, great piece of work there as far as I'm concerned. Uh, something that really solidifies Roman as a top heel. How the fuck are you gonna sell kids merch after he tries to commit vehicular merch, uh, manslaughter? Please. Alright? And I understand he's not gonna come out and say he's a heel. He's not gonna say I hate the fans, but let's take it for what it is. He's a heel. Brock's gonna be the face going into SummerSlam. I thought the segment they had on Raw was amazing. All those guys in the ring, plus Joe and Angle, it's fucking a good piece of business right there. Uh, Big Cass, trying to do some things. Apparently, he's got some heat backstage, but we'll have to see where that goes. And as far as the Hardys, they're getting more broken, but they're not fully broken yet. Maybe if they keep losing to every single tag team on the roster, they'll be broken pretty soon. As far as SmackDown goes, good to see AJ Styles as the United States champion. If he does the U.S. Open Challenge, I'm all in. You guys, have a good show. All right, we didn't miss anything. Well, I will say something. Uh, there was one thing I wanted to bring up, and since Sal sort of hinted on it, let's we talked about it you know, a lot, but let's get back into this one part of it. Um, so during this promo with with Joe and Seth and uh, Joe, Joe and uh, Brock and Roman, uh, Roman comes out, and somebody's going to have to explain to me how losing the match at the pay per view makes you the number one contender. <laughs> now, now yeah. I suppose if arson makes you the number one contender on SmackDown. <laughs> attempted vehicular like, manslaughter would make you a number one contender on Raw. That said, how are we to, like, look, we have to suspend disbelief to watch wrestling as it is. How can you credibly tell me that Brock Lesnar, that, that, that Roman Reigns doesn't get a fine, a suspension, maybe have the cops show up wanting to talk to him for what he did at the pay-per-view <laughs> the night before? Mm-hmm. It really stretches the bounds of credibility. God damn, pal, the cops won't know what he looks like. I don't you know, it's fucking on TV, Vince. Like Vince shoved a cop 
and got arrested and dragged out on national <laughs> television. Roman Reigns committed vehicular fucking manslaughter, attempted vehicular manslaughter, and won't give him a title shot. <laughs> or give him the chance to earn a title Play shot. Play the song, pal. Roman Reigns killed a guy with an ambulance. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. What do you think? Uh, you want to go into the news? You want to do your discussion well, let's topic? Let's do the discussion topic. But before we get into it's a good topic, wh- who picked the discussion topic this week? I believe you yeah, did. That was, that was me. Why, why did I get to pick the discussion topic again this week? Because you're on the fantasy league. Because what? Because you're on the fantasy league. Oh, league. okay. Oh. It's probably time to switch formats or redraft or <laughs> do something because my dominance is carrying over to this new league already. Hey, so, Sal's not in charge of scoring anymore. That's all that matters. Uh, but, yeah, so my, my discussion topic for this week and – I. It's a good one. I, I like yeah, this I do too. The problem is that the, these discussion topics are harder to do when it's just like me and you because I don't think we get the wealth of opinions that we get with other people. On no, we, no offense, but uh, we do have a voicemail. Okay, well, we'll do the voicemail, and and you know we we can kick around a couple. We don't necessarily have to pick yeah. just one, so we'll get some some different ones out there. But go ahead, let's play the play the voicemail, pal. Yeah, I mean, well, Sal even says the topic. What's up, rundown? Jason had a topic this week of who had one of the worst debuts in WWE history to go on to have one of the best careers. Guys, if you follow the Raw Attitude podcast, the amazing podcast by Henry Hufex, the suplex-throwing human duplex, there is but only one answer, only one correct answer in this in this topic, and that is, of course, Edge. Edge, the rated R superstar, oh, no. made his debut in 1998 no, on Monday no, no, Night no. Raw. And he almost killed a guy. Can't have a worse debut than breaking someone's neck in your first match. Feel bad for that loss for He was never the same again after that. But we all know Edge recovered from that debut. Went on to become a WWE Hall of Famer. So good on Edge. But I challenge you guys to show me a worse debut than breaking someone's neck on Monday Night Raw. Talk to you guys later. Okay, so I'm going to do something I do quite a bit. Sal, you are so fucking wrong. (laughs) We both agree on this. So, first off, a new guy coming in and on his first night breaking someone's neck, that makes him a fucking badass. That's an awesome way to debut. Are you shitting me? <laughs> Second off, give me one thing. Two fucking words, pal. Deacon Batista. <laughs> carrying around. There's... Okay, so carrying around a fucking donation box in a priest outfit with the sleeves ripped off, being the butt buddy for Devon and a failed singles push. Reverend Devon. You go and tell me. Now, I have a few other ones that you can throw in there. And if you had said Edge for the shitty, you know, flowing pirate shirt, okay, I could make a case for that. (laughs) But breaking someone's neck is not a bad way to debut. In fact, a lot of guys would debut. That makes you almost a credible, dangerous guy right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Two names popped to my head immediately when you presented this, when you presented this topic. The first one that immediately came to mind was the ringmaster yeah 
Steve, Stone Cold Steve Austin, of course. Because Emily and I were actually talking about this just the other day. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin debuting as the ringmaster. A guy who really didn't talk. Didn't do much of anything, actually, but had the million dollar championship and was the million dollar man's guy until he decided to leave. Um, and then thankfully, shortly thereafter, morphed into Stone Cold Steve Austin. The other well, one that immediately on, popped in mind. Let me go with the Stone Cold thing because I, dis- okay. I, I would disagree with that one for a couple of reasons. First off, the Ringmaster thing was bad, but I don't think it was like hokey can't be bad. And some of the other ones I think are hokey can't be bad. Uh, <laughs> but moreover than that, he was sort of already established as sort of a big name in WCW. He was a former U.S. champion, television champion. You know, he, okay, was, but... he was not coming in. This was not pe- a lot of people's first look at Steve Austin. It was mine, though. Sure, sure. <laughs> Going back to the Nitromania podcast. Sure, but it, I had no idea who he was. In retrospect, I don't know that that's – I wouldn't put that up. You know, you can make a case for it, sure. I wouldn't put it in my in my top. Okay. The other one that immediately popped in my head was Rocky Maivia because he yeah. looked like a fucking pineapple. That <laughs> was campy and hokey, and that belongs on the list for sure. <laughs> uh, I would also, uh, you know, if you wanted to go Sal's route and say, you know, just a really bad first impression, don't get much worse in terms of bad first impressions than Booker T debuting against Buff Bagwell on Monday Night Raw in one of the worst matches ever. But, mm-hmm. and this wasn't her debut, so it doesn't really make the list, but prior to her getting to be really good, there was the mixed tag match with Chris Nowitzki, Jackie Gaeta, JBL, yep. and Trish Stratus. And <laughs> Trish would end up becoming a Hall of Famer, but she was not at that point. Um, yeah. That was that was a pretty bad not a debut so it doesn't make the list. Uh, da- Daniel yeah. Price has joined us. Uh, Daniel Price says, "In no world was Reverend Devon ever a good idea." Agreed. <laughs> uh, he became Steve Austin by a complete fucking fluke. It was the ex-wife of Chris Adams, a cup of tea, and Jake the Snake. Okay, uh, hmm. and then says, "Replace that Steve Austin with Stone Cold." Yeah, you get the idea. Hmm. Uh, another one that another one that came to my mind was uh, was Kane. I thought Kane had a great. I know he's not, but Glenn Jacobs himself. Sure, yeah, Isaac Yankum started as a fucking dentist and then fake Diesel yeah. before before hitting the hitting the uh, the jackpot with Kane. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely uh, make that case. Uh, let's see, top guys who had a bet. I mean. Ah, Jesus! I did see. I think we've run through most of my. Uh, yeah, most of my. See, Jericho had a great debut, so you can't include him. Mm-hmm. Um, well, other superstars, really top guys. I think who else had really recovered from a really Dolph Ziggler? You could make a case. True. Yeah, from Kerwin White's caddy. Oh, 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 oh! To a member of the Spirit Squad. Uh. To Dolph Ziggler, hey, my dick is big. Oh, hey, we're not actually going to go with that gimmick. Yeah. Couple, I'm Dolph Ziggler. There are a couple more I can think of. Uh, first and foremost, uh, well, not first and foremost. My second one is actually the better one. But uh, Randy Orton being man candy for Stacey Keebler, not a bad job, but not a great debut <laughs> for, a, for a 13-time WWE champion. Um, 
but we're missing an obvious one. The Miz. The Miz couldn't even get in the fucking ring. Oh, he was the host of SmackDown <laughs> Live. Not even live. SmackDown at one point. From the mil- all the way from the million dollar tough yeah, enough. All yeah. the way up to WWE champion. That's a pretty fucking good uh, turnaround. Yep, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one for sure. <laughs> oh, the Miz and his weird bleach tips. But uh for those of you listening at home if we're missing out on any that you can think of and you'd like to share it with us uh please feel free to email us at rundownwrestling at gmail.com and tell us who you think had the worst debut to go on to become a huge star yeah send us an email send us a tweet leave us a voicemail you'll get all that information at the end um (laughs) daniel price says walk into kane's insurance office in tennessee and go hey motherfucker i want a fire and dental policy (laughs) <laughs> Does he do insurance? I thought it was real estate. I don't know. I, don't know. I could be wrong. Is it May nineteenth? <laughs> there's a that's not a bad one for you. There, Luke Gallows going from Festus to Luke Fake Kane to Festus yeah. to Luke Gallows. Yeah, well, I don't know. If he ever reached the, the top superstar. Yeah, superstardom, but but yeah, yeah it was not a great look to start with. Rikishi's a Hall of Famer. He was the Sultan for a while. <laughs> Rikishi's not a Hall. Of, he's a Hall of Famer because they <laughs> handed out rings. <laughs> if you're going that route, you're going Kama Mustafa too. By the way, but what did he say to David Otunga? <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. If you can, if you have some uh, some good examples, uh, send us an email. Send us a tweet. Leave a voicemail. We'll uh, we'll talk about. Yeah, it next we week. sort of limited it to WWE guys. If there's other guys you'd like to bring up from uh, NWA, WCW, TNA, whatever you want to talk about, uh, we're interested in hearing any of them. Certainly. Absolutely. Or you can call and leave us a voicemail with your picks too. Don't forget that. Does I said I said voicemail. I said email originally. So now I'm saying voicemail. And I said, and for, if you're right. interested, let's give you those in, those contact points again. It's uh, go ahead, give him the phone number. Uh, the phone number for the voicemail is six one seven eight six three six nine six seven sixty one rundown seven. Uh, tweet us at rundown podcast or send an email to rundownwrestling at gmail dot com. Ooh, yes, Daniel with a good one says uh, Kevin Nash has Oz <laughs> the Yeti or Vinny Vegas. Hard to argue with some of those ones. I did not know until just now that Kevin Nash was the Yeti. Oh, really? That's uh, that's going to be valuable information on an upcoming episode of Nitro Mania. DDP is the manager for uh, the Diamond, the diamond the Stud. Dri- the guy driving Rhythm that and Blues. That too, yeah. Um, <laughs> damn, pal. All right. Shall we go to the news, then? Let's do it. Yay. And leading off the news articles this week. This is a long one, but there's a lot of info to uh, sort of digest here. Uh, Alberto El Patron is being investigated for a domestic violence incident at a Florida airport. According to a report by TMZ Sports, the Orlando Police Department was contacted at around 3 p.m. on Sunday after El Patron, whose real name is Jose Rodriguez, allegedly roughed up a female companion. TMZ Sports spoke with an eyewitness who says El Patron and the woman were arguing in the terminal, and when things escalated, the cops were called. One witness said, quote, there was an altercation. TMZ Sports was told by law enforcement sources that El Patron has not been arrested and no charges have been filed. Investigators are still gathering information on the situation. 
Cops would not confirm the name of the alleged victim. However, El Patron has been dating WWE superstar Paige for a while, and witnesses say she was at the airport with him that day. In a statement on Twitter, Paige addressed speculation that she is the victim in the situation by tweeting, We got the cops involved. I'm crying because I found out bad fam news, and a lady tries to take a pick. She gets angry, throws a drink on at Pride of Mexico, a.k.a. Alberto. Uh, a woman who described herself as a huge wrestling fan recorded the argument, and you can hear the audio in a video on TMZ. Uh, before the audio came out, Paige had, as we mentioned, blamed the incident on a woman who threw the drink on Alberto and asked for after asking for a photo. That was, in fact, the woman who spoke with Heavy.com and called the allegation completely false. The fan noted that Alberto reeked of alcohol as he chased after Paige inside the airport. While arguing on the airport tram system, an emotional page reportedly screamed that Del Rio had been doing cocaine for two days straight. She then called him abusive, according to the witness. The woman said, quote, they were arguing back and forth, screaming at each other, end quote. The woman who lives in the Tampa area was dropping her mother-in-law off at the airport when she saw Paige outside of a restaurant close to the entrance of a terminal. Paige looked upset while on the phone with someone. Pacing back and forth with tears in her eyes, the woman admitted to discreetly taking photos of Paige as she walked and talked on the phone. Paige apparently noticed her and walked back into the restaurant as one of the four people at her table walked out, presumably to check and see if she was still there. Paige suddenly came storming back out of the restaurant, crying and yelling. Alberto, who was visibly soaked in liquid, chased after her as she went to a nearby tram system. The woman followed the argument and was one of the only people on the tram with the couple as their argument grew louder. Quote, he was soaked and she was crying, saying, you're such an abusive husband. I hate you. You've ruined my life. You've ruined my career. The couple continued their argument for a short while on the tram as Patron allegedly said, check her bag. She's got all the coke in it. It's all hers. Uh, that was when the witness pulled out her phone again and tried to record the argument, which is where the TMZ audio came from. Page did note on Twitter that she received some bad news about the health of her uncle on Sunday. The witness believes the argument started because Alberto said something negative about the uncle. The witness said, from what I gather, he said something like, I hope your fucking uncle dies tomorrow and grabbed her wrist because she got mad uh, because he got mad. She was on the phone for so long. They wanted to leave. So he got mad and grabbed her wrist. She got upset and threw water on him. And then she ran out. After the audio stops, the woman said she stayed along with Paige and asked if she needed any assistance. She said airport police with a canine then stopped Alberto because they could smell alcohol on him. Paige now claims that she was the person held on suspicion of battery at the Orlando International Airport on Sunday during her altercation with Alberto El Patron. Paige posted a lengthy statement on Twitter on Wednesday afternoon and wrote, It was me who was being held for battery charges because I threw a drink on him. No, he never touched me. No, I never hit him with a glass three times like the Internet in all their glory is making out. However, a rep for the Orlando Police Department told Ryan Satin of Pro Wrestling Sheet that Alberto El Patron is the only suspect listed. Uh, in a following note, GFW announced Wednesday that, that El Patron, who is their world heavyweight champion, has been suspended due to the domestic violence incident stemming from an Orlando airport incident with Paige that we discussed earlier. Uh, their statement in full reads, quote, Global Force Wrestling has indefinitely suspended Alberto El Patron effective immediately until the investigation is resolved following a recent incident in Orlando, Florida, end quote. Uh, also, what I didn't include here was uh, Paige's brother also took to Twitter uh, with a statement alleging that uh, she's been abused physically and mentally by Brad Maddox and is now in, in an abusive physical 
physically abusive relationship with uh, Alberto, basically that her family hates Alberto and that he's ruining her career and her life. Um, this is not an easy story to read. Uh, this yeah. is This is... To me, this confirms a lot of the stuff you've heard about Alberto over the years and why kind of he's been in and out of places, doesn't tend to stick around very long in, in companies, um, just doesn't seem like generally a good dude. Yeah, no, it's definitely a uh, a painful situation to even hear someone talk about. I mean, it, the shame on the woman for trying to take pictures of Paige while she's obviously distraught outside sure. of a restaurant, but other than that... Christ, this is uh, rough. Yeah. Very uh, very rough. Yeah, and, and you know, I don't know all the details and the particulars, and we're kind of, you know, forming opinions based on comments yeah. and hearsay and, yeah. and back and forth in the media. But you look at what happens, and, and first Paige's response was, you know, we called the cops. Okay, well, now we know that wasn't true. And then the right. next thing was, it was me that got, you know, arrested. And, and now we know that's not true. And right. it's just she's lying and lying and lying to cover up for Alberto. And this just reeks of an abusive relationship where yeah. she's going out of her way to make herself the bad guy to protect this guy. Uh, you know, I, I've known drug abusers. These this this behavior that they the erratic behavior these guys have is is not dissimilar from couples who are, you know, drug using couples together. Uh, particularly yeah. cocaine in my experience um, people from people that I know who have been in that boat uh, and thankfully come out the other side but not always the case um, this is, it's just ultimately you get the feeling that this isn't going to end well one way or the other somebody's going to uh, you hope it doesn't come to this but this just reeks of one of those things where somebody's going to not not come out of it you know right yeah and you can tell he's a real class guy no all the coke is in all the coke is hers it's in her yeah. bag it's all hers. Yeah, and uh, he, you know, if you ever follow him on Twitter, he's you know he's gone out of his way to take shots at, at the comp at the WWE and her bosses, and just really like ruining yeah. her career. I assume I assume you spoke last week about his his outburst at the t- at the Impact tapings. I did not. If you want to go ahead, oh, I don't I don't have the the transcript or anything, but apparently after was it the pay per view or the the TV tapings uh, after they went uh, off after they went off the air, he basically went on a just profanity laced rant about uh wwe without specifically mentioning wwe and then didn't he go on twitter or something to say you know you're coming to san antonio i'll be in san antonio at my restaurant if you fucks want to come yeah. around i'll beat the shit out of all of you yeah and then apparently i read something else that he had tried to do it at the next taping or the next event that they had and they just continued playing his music until he stopped trying to speak yeah, yeah it's uh, Daniel on the side says they've been dysfunctional and coked out since they started dating. Fucked up thing is she's still under contract with WWE and she was at Slammiversary in a luchador mask. Yeah, that's what we, t- we talked about yep. that last week. Uh, Maddox has to be the one that leaked the videos. He was the one with the most to gain from it. I'm not sure what Brad Maddox has gained from this other than, you know, Troy's respect for his penis size. Other than that, <laughs> uh, also says they are. Hey, 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 not just Troy. They are both overgrown brats that feel entitled because they are wrestling royalty in their respective countries. Point blank, if they do not split, it will be a murder-suicide. And Daniel kind of goes to where I was kind of dancing around. Yeah. You don't want to say that. Yeah. Um, I don't. I, I never got the impression of Paige feeling like an, an entitled brat prior to this relationship. Um, 
everyone seemed to love her near as I can tell from everyone I've, I've talked to everything I've read everyone I every, you know, I, I don't know, but it seems like everybody that knew her became increasingly concerned the longer she was with this guy. Uh, and right. the more stuff that comes out, the more you start to understand why maybe the WWE was trying to separate them and keep them apart. Uh, a lot of people, you know, paint the company as evil when they do that kind of shit, but sometimes they know a little bit more about what's going on than we do. Uh, and right. their knowledge of what Alberto was like was probably far more significant than ours. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you know, you can go back and there was that, you know, veiled article we talked about months and months ago, you know, about, uh, we assumed wrestling star. We assumed it was basically a story about Paige and, you know, her drug habits and, how her boyfriend was lending her out to dealers to settle debts and stuff like that. And, you know, we'd all kind of said, it sounds like it might be Paige and Alberto, but who knows, but this goes back. I mean, you got, you remember, I don't know if you remember, we had a story a few months ago where, where Del Rio supposedly says he got stabbed on the side of the road and somebody stole his phone, but then the police had no report of anything ever being filed, almost like they didn't want to talk about it. Just, since he's left WWE, since they've gotten together, and since they got together, she's had two wellness violations. You can draw whatever conclusions you want from the facts. The facts are simply out there, but they do not paint a good picture for Alberto, and they really make you concerned for Paige's just general well-being over and above her career, yeah. just on a, on some human shit. Uh, I, I'm I'm just really worried for that girl. Yeah. And she's how old at this point? 20, 21, 20s, right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. It's... I was uh, about to say something, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, um, given that she's still under WWE contract, and given that they're making this movie, uh, this biopic of, of her life, supposedly, you figure she's going to have to be back on TV at some point to promote the movie. I don't even know how they can they come around to that at this point well if this is you know if these allegations are true they're not going to put her back on tv i mean yeah. the stuff has escalated to the point now where she you know again i'm throwing speculation out there and, and you know it's probably irresponsible to do so but whatever i'm not i'm not trying to be a full-time journalist this is a show where i give my opinions on things my guess is the best case scenario for Paige right now is for somebody to get her away from alberto this relationship yep. to, to be done and for her to probably go go through some rehab um, yeah. because it definitely sounds like there's some sort of substance abuse. Whatever that substance is, I don't know. Um, the coke stuff, their behavior would would be in line with, you know, people who I know who have used cocaine in the past. Um, but you never know. Who knows? I, maybe it's just alcohol for all I know. But there is certainly some sort of substance abuse issue going on in that relationship for her uh, that she needs to get cleaned up. Uh, and it sucks because she's incredibly talented in the ring. Uh, and I would really love to see her back and doing what she does best. But her her personal life and her well-being need to be, be priority one on that. Yeah. Uh, Daniel has joined us uh, once again on the side with the comment, WB is odd and kind of sadistic on things they know slash do with relationships. Uh, China got blacklisted, but they paid for Waltman to go to rehab several times over. Um, China got blacklisted for a whole lot of other stuff, too, that, that people don't necessarily always talk about. So, again, 
as usual, the internet tells you the anti-WWE stories on all of this stuff and makes them, it's easy to paint them as this horrible, evil conglomerate because it's sort of what we do to corporations in this country these days. Um, but again, they painted that when they tried to separate Del Rio and Page with the draft split. And now looking back, you sort of wish for her sake that, that, that it had worked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but in any event, we obviously wish, hope for the best, hope things turn out the best. Um, well, Alberto doesn't seem like the best guy uh, in the world, you certainly you know, hope he can turn himself around too and maybe recapture some of the promise he has because he's very talented in the ring, a very talented performer. Um, but it sounds like he's, it sounds like both these people are just in one of those downward spirals in life that you hope they can pull themselves out of. But it's not all that often that people can at least until they hit right. the very, very rock bottom. Uh, on average, it takes a woman seven tries to leave an abusive relationship. Uh, it is some weird maternal instinct that gives them an obsessive urge to fix them. Yeah, and, and, and Daniel, that makes a lot of sense too. Uh, and when you think back to, to some of the stuff we saw in regards to, and we talked about it at the time, and this is, you can attest to this, Adam, because a lot of this happened in the host thread. I had sort of a big back and forth with Sal because Sal was, was sort of blaming Paige for the whole Brad Maddox thing and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, at that point, I was making the case that this is a, this is a nine, an 18-year-old girl who's easily manipulated, who's easily kind of guided in a certain direction because she doesn't know a whole lot about the world. Um but at 18 years old, I mean, we saw the stuff that was going on there. At 18 years old, if that becomes your new normal, you're in a bad way going forward. And, I, you know, I just can't help but think that some of that played into some of what we're seeing now. Yeah. All right. Well, enough psychology. Uh, right. I was going to say, before we get yeah. too depressed. Uh, this one sort of made me a little bit happy. Uh, WWE announced on Friday they have come to terms on the release of Austin Aries. Uh, WWE's statement reads, <laughs> reads, quote, Austin Aries released. WWE has come to terms on the release of WWE superstar Austin Aries. WWE wishes Aries the best in all of his future endeavors. Uh, I don't usually like to see the future endeavors message, but uh, if you've listened to this, my opinions on Austin Aries are quite clear. And, uh, mm-hmm. I block. He's blocked. He blocked me on Twitter a long time ago. I just remembered that when I went to look <laughs> it up the other day. Uh, why? Uh, well, why to do that, Jason? Oh, because I didn't uh, subscribe to his notion that the Boston Marathon bombings were a myth, uh, faked by the government, oh. and that nobody actually died. Uh, I, oh. I, I actually called him out on that, and uh, we had a little back and forth, and he didn't like me. Uh, you know, <laughs> plus saying, Fucking saying that people actually died that day. Um, Anyway, not too long before the news of his release was announced, Aries tweeted, quote, it's a beautiful day. I couldn't see that because he blocked me. Uh, he <laughs> followed it up by posting three emojis, a banana, a smiling face with sunglasses, and a thumbs up when the news came out, seemingly indicating that he wasn't unhappy about being released. There are conflicting reports on how the release went down. A few hours after the news broke, Sean Radican of PW Torch said that he was told by multiple sources that Aries had asked for his release because he was not happy being pigeonholed as a cruiserweight and saw a lot more for himself than being just that. On Saturday night's edition of the Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer said he was told by people in the WWE that the organization uh, had made the decision to release Aries and that it wasn't Aries that asked for his release. 
Meltzer noted that while he was told Aries did not ask to be released, he was thrilled when he was. Aries had signed a, a three-year deal earlier last year, uh, so if Aries had quit on his own, WWE could have held him uh, um, held him to that, and he would not have been able to wrestle until early 2019. Aries had been unhappy with his position in the WWE, and Meltzer noted that he was particularly upset that his pre-show match with Neville at WrestleMania 33 was not included on the DVD and Blu-ray, and therefore neither wrestler earned any royalties from it, which is a, not an insignificant <laughs> thing. I, I didn't realize that. That's kind of shitty. Uh, after his lengthy feud over the title with Neville ended with a loss in a submission match last month at Extreme Rules, Aries' final appearance on WWE programming came on the June 20th episode of 205 Live where he was continuing his partnership with Jack Gallagher, uh, which was formed the week before when Aries said he wasn't medically cleared to compete due to back and neck issues. Uh, Radican noted that Aries has been working through a back injury before asking for his release. Both Meltzer and Radican say Aries had a reputation backstage for having a bad attitude. Shocker! Um, <laughs> which could have made it an easier decision for WWE to grant him his release. Meltzer said that a lot of people, including the writing team, did not like working with him. Uh, in terms of his release, include the terms of his release include the standard 90-day no-compete clause. He will be paid his downside guarantee during that period. He will be able to work independent shows during that period that WWE approves of. He will be eligible to wrestle anywhere else. Oh, sorry. He will be eligible to wrestle anywhere else, such as New Japan Pro Wrestling and GWF, when the non-compete clause expires in October. Uh... Adam, your thoughts on the release of Austin Aries? Um, it did it did bum me out. I I'm a fan of Aries, at least his in ring things. Maybe not his personal philosophies, but uh, I liked watching him work, and I thought he was great uh, on commentary during his initial injury stint. Um, I've seen a lot of people saying that he'll probably go back to Impact, but a lot of other people saying no, he won't because he was he was Dixie's baby, and Dixie's obviously not mm -hmm. there anymore. Might show up on Monday. We forgot to talk about that. We should get to that. Um, so I don't know. I don't know where he goes for now. Show but, up on uh, what? Hmm? Might show up on what? Oh, uh, Dixie. Dixie on Monday. Sorry, I thought you meant yeah, Aries. Dixie, I'm like, yeah. no, I'm pretty sure Aries ain't showing up on no, Monday. No, no. no, Dixie might show up on Monday. My, um, my guess is you're going to see Aries probably return first at Ring of Honor. He, yeah, yeah. Some that's yeah. That's what a lot yeah, of people are saying. Some of his greatest success there. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know that Jarrett has a great opinion of him in TNA either. And like I said, like you right. mentioned, I think Dixie was kind of the one that was really behind him and let him kind of. The other thing is, Aries is the kind of guy that likes to really be able to do whatever he wants, and that was the atmosphere of TNA when Dixie was in charge, where the inmates sort of ran the asylum. Uh, as you saw with the Hardy interaction, that's not the way Jarrett runs the company. Uh, so yeah. I, I tend to think that would be a tougher fit for him. Yeah. But we'll see where he, what happens from here. Uh, I think Sal may have touched on it earlier. We did, certainly. But uh, Enzo Amore has a lot of heat backstage these days. Uh, according to Dave Meltzer. He mentioned, I think, I th I think he mentioned oh, Cass's we'll heat, too. not Enzo's. Uh, according to Dave Meltzer, yeah. the latest issue of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, there was an incident on a tour bus several weeks ago involving Amore and members of the Raw roster while they were traveling together on an international tour. While Meltzer hasn't been able to confirm the details as to what happened, many Raw wrestlers were upset to the point that Roman Reigns actually kicked Amore off the bus for a time, and he was given the Miz treatment uh, in that he was not allowed to dress in the locker room, something that did happen to the Miz early on in his career. Uh, sort of famously, he's, he's discussed that in the past. Uh, this incident was probably not the reason for his split from Big Cass, since the split was teased months ago. Amore, however, is legitimately upset with the breakup. 
Uh, quote, it's hard to see what his prospects are on his own, given the way he's been portrayed as the guy who is a joke when facing real competition, Meltzer said. Uh, Meltzer also noted that since the promo on Raw a few weeks ago about his, quote, real life being better than his fantasy life, uh, that that was something of a shoot since he now lives in Los Angeles and is having a great time in his non-wrestling life. Uh, Amore even apparently went on a date a few weeks ago with actress Halle Berry, which is not a bad way to have dinner. Off you got to have dinner. Uh, not to be outdone, Enzo's former partner finds himself in the locker room's doghouse as well because, according to Meltzer, uh, Big Cass has garnered heat with the majority of the WWE locker room. Uh, Cass's heat stems from sharing of his views on politics. Cass is said to be a strong supporter of Donald Trump, which is not a view shared by many in the locker room. Uh, despite the negative feelings towards Cass, he reportedly doesn't have nearly as much heat on him as Enzo does. Uh, and, of course, the former WWE CEO, Linda McMahon, is part of the Trump administration, so Cass's views may not be seen as a negative thing by the McMahons or the people high up in the company. Yeah, the less said about politics on this show, the better. <laughs> what do you... Uh, but I do kind of I do kind of feel bad for Enzo, though. Well, I... Because I think that's a... That's a point that we made when they when they did the split is what sure sure he gets a match with Cass you know to blow that off but where does Enzo go from here to a and yeah I don't know if it was you or, or Andy who shared that comic on our on our Facebook page I believe it was Troy uh, oh was it Troy uh, Enzo it's like it's a it's a four panel comic it's Enzo cutting a promo in the ring while the guys are taping out the ring crew are taping up the ropes for uh, for two hundred five live. <laughs> And the, the punchline basically is Enzo going, hey, I'm on Raw, I'm not done 205 Live. And the ring guy goes, yeah, give it a week, pal. <laughs> uh, uh, we touched on this last week, but Tammy Sonny Sitch remains hospitalized in a Southside hospital in Bayshore, New York, after being admitted to the emergency room last weekend for a fall. She wrote on Facebook, quote, still here, still getting tests done, not fun, someone amuse me. Uh, she said on Tuesday that she will not be sharing details regarding her health saying, quote, if I'm still in the hospital, I, I am still in the hospital, but I won't be sharing details about my health because every time I do, websites write about me and post my bloody head pictures. Sorry, but I can't give any details any longer at all. Thank you for your concern. I'll be here for a couple more days, end quote. Uh, immediately following this, the WWE Hall of Famer tweeted out a shot of her head injury the next day. <laughs> uh, so Sonny doing what Sonny does. Yep. Uh, from one woman who I have a lot of fond memories of as a child to one I have more fond memories of as an adult. Uh, Velvet Sky achieved a lot during her time with uh, Impact Wrestling, but those days are done forever because she has officially hanging up her boots. The two-time TNA Knockouts champion has announced her retirement uh, via WNPR News and said she has decided to return to college as well as train the next generation at the Team 3D Academy in Danbury, Connecticut. Uh, she explains wrestling has a shelf life, college doesn't. You can be 50 years old and go to college for your degree. You can't be 50 years old and train to be a pro wrestler. Tell that to Ric Flair. Velvet adds, I'm in really, really good physical condition still. Yes, she is. Uh, and my health is great, and I want to keep it that way. I had a really satisfying 15-year wrestling career, so I want to go back to school because I get to live out my, I got to live out my wrestling dream. Uh, I was always a big fan of Velvet. I liked her uh, at the way she worked with what she had. Uh, way back from the Indies when she was just doing Talia, uh, working with April Hunter a lot around here. Um, very talented girl. I seem to really have a passion for the business and really work hard at it. Uh, there were certainly women that were more talented in the business, but uh, very few that had the kind of passion that, that uh, Velvet did. 
Sure. I don't have a lot of input on this. I only really saw her during the brief period I was watching TNA. But uh, she is certainly my my preferred member of the beautiful people. Yes. Well, there you go. Uh, but, <laughs> oh, Lacey Von Eric wasn't bad. Um, oh, not, oh. not in the ring, but I'm just talking about to look at oh. Didn't they put the women's title on her at one point? I don't think I, so. I don't, am I just misremembering that because of how awful she was? I don't believe they ever put the title oh, on Oh, God. Madison Rain, Garbage. they put the title on. Garbage. Uh, and speaking of which, it would appear that Madison Rain is gone from GFW. Uh, following Slammiversary on Sunday, the promotion updated its roster section on ImpactWrestling.com, and Rain is no longer listed as an active knockout. This does not look to be an oversight, as her profile page was also deleted. She is also not listed in the alumni section yet. Uh, Rain has only wrestled once for the promotion this year. On January 8th, she lost to Angelina Love in a match taped for a one-night-only Rivals pay-per-view event that aired in March. She has not wrestled at a TV taping since last October. Rain has been used less and less in the ring of late and was primarily being used on commentary during other knockout matches, uh, working with her real-life husband, Josh Matthews, who continues to be employed by GFW. I did not realize they were they were married. Yes, uh, yeah, she was divorced her original husband, uh, the father of a child, and, and she hooked up with Josh Matthews a while back. Well, I don't know who her, who her original husband was, but I am sure that that's a downgrade. Well, he was, he was a soldier. I know that. That's the only thing I know for sure. So, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, prior to his decisive loss to Jinder Mahal on this week's SmackDown, Ty Dillinger tweeted at the... In- an open invitation to WWE Intercontinental Champion The Miz after he retained over Dean Ambrose at Great Balls of Fire, saying, Crafty win at Mike The Miz. Now how about you swing by hashtag SDLive sometime soon, hashtag GBOF. Apparently he was not aware hashtag WWE Balls was the correct hashtag. (laughs) Uh, When The Miz responded, things got nasty as the A-lister tweeted, Why? So I can watch you perform in the opening dark match? Uh, hashtag IC title comeback tour. Uh, Ty then ethered Miz by saying, you'd watch? Wait, do you need to steal more moves? Besides, I work magic in the dark. Just ask your wife. Hey-o! Uh, Miz, who is never one to let things lie, came back with, the only magic anyone has seen from you is your, disappoint- is your disappearing act from SmackDown Live, and I give that a 10. Uh, and as of now, the last word went to Ty when he came back with, for the grand finale, I shall one day make Mrs. IC title disappear from around his waist. Until then, abracadabra bitch. Hashtag tour, <laughs> tour ender. Abracadabra bitch. Uh, and that happened right before he got, you know, rather beaten rather decisively by Jinder Mahal on SmackDown this week. So whether those two things are related, who knows? Um, Sal thinks they are. When trying to create uh, a storyline through social media, which is something we've seen work in the past, it's always better to do so with someone who's actually on the same roster as you. Yeah, I, was gonna, I was just gonna, I was just thinking that. Uh, yeah. Though, though, to be fair, SummerSlam is coming up. It's a co-branded pay-per-view. Who knows? Uh, Daniel on the side says we got. Let's see. Enzo's getting major heat, pissing a lot of people off. Uh, she should hang up her boobs, too, and sue the surgeon that did them. Uh, those things are terrible. I hope you're not talking about Velvet, because I'm like i I'm okay with her, her job. It's not Charlotte-esque. Uh, and then says, the Dillinger Miz thing is because... Angelina loves like, like fucking garbage, though. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, the Miz thing is because Vince is regretting the shakeup and is going to phase out the brand split again. They will end up fighting for the IC title. I can't see them phasing out the brand split, at least at this point. There's too much kind of invested going forward in it. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, you can't, you know, I, I think it's going to be around for a little while, put it that way. Um, somebody we touched on earlier, Randy Orton, did not appear on this week's SmackDown as he's in Thailand filming the Changeland movie with Breckenmeyer and Seth Green, who is also writing and directing the movie. Orton is not scheduled for any WWE events until the WWE Battleground go-home edition of SmackDown on July 18th, which is next week. Uh, Orton will be back to working a regular schedule after his Punjabi prison match with WWE champion Jinder Mahal at the Battleground pay-per-view on July 23rd. Despite not competing, Randy Orton did find time to retweet a jab at Brock Lesnar's light schedule, uh, retweeting (laughs) from at WWE creative underscore ish, WWE 2K18 is so realistic that you can only play as Brock Lesnar five times a year. Hashtag yeah. merch. That's a great joke, and WWE Creative-ish is a fantastic Twitter to follow. Absolutely. Ah, I, I know the guy's name, too, who does it. Former WWE writer. Um, God, I'm totally blanking on his name. Uh, God, it'll come to me as soon as we finish off the show. Uh, but, yeah, he's a, he's a really funny guy and actually a guy who worked, so some of his insights have some, some merit to them, which is always good. Uh, I, st- I, still miss, uh, I still miss cranky events. Yeah, well, J- uh, that was JBL. So, um, <laughs> no, I, That was JBL. I'm not joking. That was, that was JBL doing cranky events. Um, recent WWE NXT signing Nixon Newell is currently out of action with an ACL knee injury. Uh, According to Casey of Squared Circle Sirens, the 22-year-old from Wales underwent surgery in late June and is expected to be out of action for an extended amount of time. No word yet on who will replace her in the Mae Young Classic, but we gave you the list, so it was one of those girls. Uh, The tapes later this week. (laughs) Newell had not been officially announced for the WWE tournament, but she was reported as a likely competitor back in May. Newell began traveling at the WWE training at the WWE Performance Center in May after signing her deal in November of last year. Uh, this one's particularly sad uh, for me because I was always uh, really pulling for this guy. But uh, WWE Tough Enough 3 winner Matt Capitelli has relapsed his brain cancer. Oh, uh, dear. Capitelli revealed the diagnosis of a grade 4 glioblastoma multiform Wednesday night on Facebook. Uh, he'll have a spinal tap on Friday to assess if the cancer has spread to his cerebral spinal fluid and will meet with his doctors at the beginning of next week to discuss treatment options. Um uh, he does the issue. He issued the following statement on Facebook, saying, "I have a grade four glioblastoma malforme. This is not the news I was looking forward to hearing or sharing, but I will in no it will in no way deter me from continuing my fight. Spinal tap this Friday will determine if the cancer cells have spread to my spinal fluid. Monday is a follow up with my team of doctors to determine the treatment steps needed to beat this. Thanks to everyone on hashtag Team Cap." Uh, Matt had surgery last month to remove the tumor, but had to wait to get the pathology report back uh, to determine. I'm sorry, uh, before it was determined that it was malignant. Capitelli, who was awarded a WWE contract along with John Morrison after winning the Tough Enough Three competition in 2003, was diagnosed with a malignant grade two three astrocytoma. Uh, In December of 2005, he had surgery in April of 2007 to remove it. Uh, Cancer prevented Capitelli from being called up to the main WWE roster, but the company did honor his contract until it expired in January of 2009. Uh, Capitelli has since become a trainer for Ohio Valley Wrestling's beginner program in 2013. Um, I remember watching that season of Tough Enough, and that was the guy I was pulling for. 
the whole time. Yeah, he was great. Um, very, I always kind of felt sad that he never got a chance to show the world what he could do on yeah. that big stage. And we certainly wanted the, but nothing but the best for Matt. And we hope these tests come back with uh, positive, positive results. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, cancer's a motherfucker, you guys. Like, never, uh, never fuck. Uh, spinal Tap makes things go up to 1.1, but in all seriousness, best wishes to the guy. Yeah, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't going to make the Spinal Tap joke, but there you go. Yeah, uh, there it is. Uh, WWE Hall of Famer Medusa noted on Instagram this week that she was involved in the Mae Young Classic in some fashion as seen uh, on her Instagram feed. However, fellow Hall of Famer Jim Ross revealed in the latest edition of his Ross Report podcast that Medusa will be joining he and Hall of Famer Lita for commentary on the Mae Young Classic. Um, good choice. Yeah, maybe, maybe it won't be so bad. Yeah, I think she'll, she, hopefully she'll be able to uh, offset some Lita. Yeah. Uh, we touched briefly on this earlier, but former Ring of Honor world champion Kyle O'Reilly made his NXT debut at last night's TV tapings from Full Sail University. Um, he was announced by his name, uh, by the same name. O'Reilly, who has been rumored to sign with WWE for several months now, worked a match that should air on August 2nd as he faced Aleister Black. Coincidentally enough, the same guy that just <laughs> beat Bobby Fish. Uh, for those who missed last night's NXT episode on the WWE Network, O'Reilly's former tag team partner, Bobby Fish, made his NXT debut with a loss to Black. Uh, of course, speculation now running wild that with the depleted tag team division, we could see the reunion of Red Dragon in NXT, and I think that would be great for all parties involved. What are they going to call him, though? Because they can't call him that. Why? I did. ROH doesn't own Red Dragon? I don't think so. ROH doesn't own oh. trademarks of much stuff. That's true. Most of these indies do not own trademarks, and that was not that was a name they used in Japan as well. So I think they may okay. they may own it. I don't think it's intellectual. Well, never property. mind then. Uh, I go. That's a whole lot of legal stuff. I'm not 100 percent sure of. I'm just speculating, but I'm pretty sure they used it in other promotions. So, well, there you go. Uh, Daniel says, "Dear Jim Ross, do your homework this time, please. Do not have a G1 repeat. Thank you." And uh, I, I mentioned that last week, and I was a little concerned. I, that I was disappointed in Jim Ross's performance on the New Japan shows. Uh, heard a lot of feedback from people as well as other podcasters who had the same impression, so I'm happy to know it wasn't just me that thought it felt like he was sort of mailing that one in. Um, to be fair, I last week I watched the second night of the G1, which, oh, my God. If you have not seen it, go back and watch it for the Tomohiro Ishii-Kenny um, Omega match. Uh, the, just incredible. Is that like seven stars? I don't know. It was a pretty good match either way. Um, but, yeah, I thought Jim Ross was much better on the second night than he was on the first. Uh, the first one definitely felt like he wasn't quite all in on that one, but the maybe, second one was definitely better. Maybe a jet lag. Could have been. And, and like I said last week, I don't know. The guy is still dealing with the loss of his wife, and uh, who knows what kind of impact that has on his job performance. I have no idea. Uh, it's one of your favorite parts of the news segment, Adam. <gasps> Who died? What does Rebby say this week? 
Okay. <laughs> Hashtag fuck that owl. Uh, after the, this week's conference call, where Jeff Jarrett was asked about the Hardys securing the rights to use their broken gimmick and indicated that the ownership still resided with GFW and Anthem, Rebby Hardy predictably took to Twitter to launch another attack. <laughs> uh, according to Rebby, the Hardys and Anthem had an agreement for the gimmick and trademark last week, which also included a non-disparagement clause in which Remy would ha- Rebby would have to pay $5,000 for every TNA-related tweet. Uh, breaking it all down, it does seem like the two sides were close to sorting out their differences, but the talks may have broken down given Jarrett's comments as well as Matt's recent tweet that things would get nasty. According to a report at PWN Insider, it appears that Rebby is what Rebby is suggesting is actually true, and the two parties had agreed in principle to a deal that would enable the Hardys to use the gimmick moving forward. Both sides would have then released a statement wishing each other the best of luck in the future and under terms of the deal would cease publicly speaking on the matter or on each other. It is believed that Anthem was to receive some sort of payment in exchange for the trademarks. WWE was not involved in the negotiations in any capacity. Hardy's lawyer is the one who drafted up the agreement and sent it to Anthem's, everybody's favorite on the rundown, Ed Nordum with the expectation that it would be promptly signed, but for several weeks it went by with no response or even an indication that a deal was actually going to be signed. Reportedly, Nordum has told at least one person that the agreement he got was not what they had verbally agreed to, and since then no communication has taken place. The belief is that if Nordum does not sign the agreement or at the very least reinitiate the discussion, the Hardy's only recourse will be to file a lawsuit citing breach of contract from the Dixie Carter days, and from the things you hear... They shouldn't have too much trouble proving a breach of contract during the Dixie Carter years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ed. Uh, let's see. Catch up a little bit on the side. Uh, Daniel says Ishii was the MVP of the weekend. Omega was the star, but Ishii was the man, and that's that's pretty true. I very much enjoyed that his performance in that tournament. Uh, also says 5K, a tweet for now for Rebby. She racked up 20K a few days ago probably true although they haven't signed the agreement yet so she can't be held responsible for that uh <laughs> and then honestly at this point all the drama over the gimmick is more over than the actual gimmick itself if the wwe fans actually got it they would be fickle per usual and get bored with it quickly uh and probably tell us all that the gimmick is being shoved down our throats i love that that, that how how Social media and modern technology has penetrated our lives. That she's f- going to be fined five thousand dollars a tweet. Only, only if it relates to TNA. Well, yeah, but still, I just enjoy that. And that is going to do it for the news segment. And uh, pour one out for the time traveling Adam tweet of the week. <laughs> so close closes out. Back to the topic that we didn't talk about uh, during the rundown. Uh, the the next week we find out what uh, what these mysterious text messages are about between Corey and Kurt and the mystery person and yep I still don't understand why Corey and Kurt are receiving the messages okay so here's if this is a Kurt thing let me first say can kudos to the WWE because whatever this ends up being it hasn't leaked out and that's a rare yeah. thing so we're we're going to be surprised. You hear speculation, but that's all we, it is, we, is speculation. We might not be we might not be happy, but we're going to be surprised. Exactly. Uh, of course, there are rumors out there that it's Stephanie, uh, that they're having some right. sort of affair, which will set up a Triple H Hunter match. Problem is, I don't know that you're going to be able to sell Hunter as a face, and if if Kurt's you know banging his wife behind his back, it's going to be really hard to paint Kurt as a face. 
So I'm not sure right. that that makes a ton of sense. Uh, there's talk of Dixie Carter, but again, that would be involving painting Kurt sort of as a um, adulterer, which again, you know, takes some of the face shine off of him. Uh, I think Kurt needs to stay a face, especially if there's going to be a program with Stephanie and, and Triple H, whether it's at SummerSlam or further down the road. Um, there's there's the interesting route, which is to go back to when Stephanie McMahon said they would be incorporating LGBTQ uh, storylines <laughs> going forward. Um, I think the more likely scenario is that somebody on the roster or a new talent is an illegitimate child. Uh, perhaps it's Corey Graves. Who knows? I enjoyed I enjoyed the joke in the host that it was Shelton Benjamin. Uh, or Chad Gable. I could see it being Chad Gable. But he's on SmackDown, so I don't know how well yeah. that would work. Um, yeah, uh, Jason Jordan would probably be a far better choice than Shelton Benjamin. I think Shelton and Kurt aren't that far apart in age. <laughs> Unless, yeah, I don't know where I don't know where this is going. Um, I'm, I like that. I'm happy about that because uh, that doesn't happen very often. So I'm looking forward to what happens on Raw on Monday and seeing what explanation they give us and if it will actually fulfill uh, all of the questions that we have about this angle. So, uh, And I've just been thinking, and I've just been thinking, they haven't, done, uh, they haven't done a text thing in a couple of weeks, and then they are going to get it next week. So, Well, no, they did the text thing this week. Right, but like the past couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah, well, uh, Daniel says, the one thing that will screw them in court is the fact that they gave TNA money to keep them open. The judge will look at them like they are morons and throw it out, or they could look at them as partial investors and say that they're not beholden to talent contracts. That could actually play in the favor of the Hardys in a legal battle. Uh, it is something to build towards the Triple H and Stephanie angle. They have a match coming, so that's what we talked about a little bit. Uh, I think the whole I love you thing was some weird cliffhanger, red herring, just to get people to watch next week and see what happens. Uh, and then he says, it's El Torito. To <laughs> <laughs> that tiny bull bastard is the child of Angle. Possible. <laughs> Which right. would be a thing. Oh, 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 oh. I just solved it. I just solved this whole thing. It is Jason Jordan. Jason Jordan is Kurt Angle's illegitimate child that he had with Charmel when they had bestiality sex way back in the day. <laughs> hold on, hold on. And Corey is involved because Kurt's trying to feel out how to deal with Booker, who works with Corey. I just tied A all plus. the loose threads A together, plus. motherfucker. A plus. <laughs> And now that we put that out there, it's going to not nearly be that satisfying. Um, I don't know. Shane listens. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, that does it for the rundown I for this Thursday. I said on this Thursday. show last week, SummerSlam should be a fatal four-way with Braun, Roman, Joe, and Brock. Yeah, but you're Vince, so. Goddamn, pal. Kayfabe. <laughs> for Thursday, July 13th, 2017, 468 days since Asuka won. The NXT Do you know what Women's my favorite thing championship? about Naomi being women's champion is? What's that? Chocolate titties. <laughs> there it is. For a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial of Audible, go to audibletrial.com slash rundown. Uh, help us make a little bit of money. Anyways, 
upcoming events. We've got uh, Bruce City Wrestling returns to Port Fish Day at the Family Zone in Upper Lake Park on Saturday, July 15th. That's this Saturday with a 1.30 bell time. See all of your favorite stars of Bruce City Wrestling in action. Uh, scheduled to appear, Ring of Honor star, the Beer City Bruiser, BCW World Heavyweight Champion, Max Holiday, BCW Women's Champion, Sierra, AIWF Women's Champion, Stacey Shadows, His Holiness, Sean Priest, and BCW Heritage Champion, Brandon Blaze. Uh, then, yeah, this is next, Bruce City Wrestling Summer Sizzler Tour continues uh, on Friday, July 21st at the Columbus Club of West Alice, 1800 South 92nd Street. Bell time, 7.30 p.m. Doors open at 6.45. Tickets are $20 for ringside, 18 at the door, or 16 using PayPal on the website, brewcitywrestling1.com. Then, and this might be my favorite part of this, join us at the Slurp and Burp Fun Bar, 1454 South 92nd Street for the after party. Already signed Max Holiday defending the Brew City World Heavyweight Championship against the Beer City Bruiser, Evil Dis versus Sierra, and former WWE. Well, there's no A there. It's just D-Y-S. Yeah, I think that's I just how it's that it was this. the old days. Oh, well. Uh, former WWE star Malia Hoska versus the Midwest Slayer Stacy Shadows. That is your BCW update. Uh, hey, Jason. Uh, I believe you well, can go to Bruce City 1. Bruce City Bruce Wrestling, Wrestling 1. one number one dot com, dot com yeah. for more information. Yes. Mm-hmm. What do we got going on on Sunday, July 23rd? On Sunday, July 23rd, we will uh, both Adam and myself will be partaking right. in the El Mundo Festival at Fenway Park. Historical second time in 60 years there's been live wrestling at Fenway Park. Uh, we have, I believe I was told as of this time, we have close to 20 matches scheduled for this afternoon. It's going to be an I see. I see a lot of people posting on Facebook that they're going to be yeah. there, and I'm really looking forward it's to it. It's an all-day festival. If you are a New England independent wrestling fan, this is your dream event. Uh, lots of companies have, have gotten involved. I know Lucky Pro tweeted out, Elkamania tweeted out that they're both involved in the, in the show. Uh, it's a huge undertaking. Uh, the Belltime Club is putting on the whole thing, uh, you know, really garnering cooperation with everybody else. Uh, it is an amazing event to be a part of. It's a huge undertaking. You're going to see some of the biggest names in independent wrestling in New England participating in this in this event. Uh, and it's something I know for a fact Brian Malonis is going to be there. Uh, yeah, I know Congo is going to be there. Yeah. Uh, Vern Vicalo is going to yeah. be there. Isana is going to be there. Helen Vale is, uh, yep. is going to be there. Uh, UFO... Uh, men's and women's heavyweight championships are going to be defended in a mixed tag match as Malonis uh, teams up with Davian. Uh, I forget their opponents off the top of my head, but legitimately a, a tremendous, huge card. Uh, it's $10 to get into the festival. You come, you bring the kids. I'm telling you, there's a ton of stuff for kids to do. There's face painting. Uh, there's cosplayers. There's just a ton of stuff. The Celtics, I know, have a booth. There's a bunch of other things going on. Uh, and it's probably going to be one of the biggest afternoons of wrestling in New England in a very long time. Uh, I encourage you to come out and support it. Every single one of these guys is going out there to bust their ass. We're making history just yep. like we did last year. And yep. we want every single one of you out there to come and be a part of it. It's going to be an amazing day. Uh, we're all going to be goddamn exhausted after it's over. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's going to be worth every second of it. So Yeah, I am I am beyond thrilled to be taking part in it this year. So I thank you. I thank you again for for uh, for getting me in the door there. And uh, shout out to uh, Bo Douglas. He knows why. Absolutely. Um, then, the following Sunday, 
we have uh, Old Yankee Homecoming. Yeah, APW returns to live action. No official matches announced as of yet. However, I can tell you we'll be crowning the first king of APW and the qualifying matches, and the tournament will begin that afternoon. And that is also, that is, uh, in fact, a free show. So you come out to Indeed. the Bartlett Mall Plaza, I believe it is. Yep, uh, Bartlett Mall, yep. Come out. Uh, we got the ring set up right by the lake. You never know. Somebody could go into the lake. Who knows? Worth checking Probably out. wouldn't be the best for their health, but hey, who knows? Worth checking out because the possibility exists. Uh, hopefully the before. rain will hold off because this has been a rained event quite a few <laughs> times in the last few years. It just seems to work out that way. Um, mm-hmm. But we definitely encourage you. Free, again, free afternoon, all part of the Yankee homecoming. Always a lot of great stuff going on. Uh, so, Maybe the commissioner will actually show up this year? Uh, you know, last year, <laughs> last year the Three Kings uh, had some chicanery with my car to keep me away, and I think you saw why. Uh-huh. Uh, and the person who filled in as commissioner did a piss poor job and allowed them to get away with everything they wanted to get away with. <laughs> Try to pass the reins to somebody I thought I could trust to be on the up and up and just pissed his pants. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I enjoy that. Uh, That's the phraseology there. Daniel. Uh, da- yes. Daniel so Price that, says, mm-hmm. uh, too bad Fenway is so goddamn far. Closest I can afford is the farm team they have an hour from there. Pawtucket, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, there's public transportation. The commuter rail, I believe, will get you there. Yeah, there are ways to get there. You can, Or at least get you close. Yeah. Uber that shit. Take <laughs> Take the Amtrak to North Station. Get on the green line to Kenmore. All, all joking go. aside, Daniel, it's a $10 price tag. You're going to see the best stars in independent wrestling in New England. You're going to get way more in terms of entertainment value than the $10 you're going to spend. Trust me on that. And, oh, he's in Virginia. All right, never mind then. Forget everything I said. Well, everything I said is <laughs> wrong, still true. Wrong farm team. Everything I said is still true. However, comma, Virginia would be a long way for the trip. Yeah, it's true. That's true. That's that's a that's a that's a two day trip. Um, all but, right, but, but, on, but 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 go check out some independent wrestling in Virginia. I don't know who works down there, what the promotions are, but there's I guarantee you there's multiple promotions down there. Go check them out. Support indie wrestling. Yes, always support indie wrestling. Uh, that's what makes this show possible most times. Um, Saturday, August fifth, at the Elks Hall in Clinton, Massachusetts. Lucky Pro Wrestling. Get presents. lucky. Summer sizzle. Uh, we've got all kinds of stuff going on. The Aristocrats will be there. The LPW Tag Team Champions. The Hard Knocks Champion, Brick Mass Stone. The new Hard Knocks Champion defending against the Dynasty Dynasty Bo Douglas. Is that his LPW debut? Um, no. Okay. I, I don't remember him being there before, but you would know better than I would. Actually, it might be. No, because I think no, that's the last time I saw him was Elkmania. So actually, I think it is. I think that is his his LPW debut. Uh, that's going to be a heck of a match. Uh, special challenge match. Sweat boy. Christopher James gets three minutes in the ring alone with Mr. Brian Cairo. If he can overcome Mr. Cairo's mercenary. Uh, oh, he did announce the mercenary and I forgot to write down who it was. Might have been big Jim Anderson. Yes. I got to check on that. Uh, Davey N defending. Did you say three minutes? Whether it lasts a lifetime. Uh, LPW Women's Championship, Davian defending against Deanna Perrazzo, former NXT superstar Deanna Perrazzo. That should be a whole lot of fun. And Vern Vicala Deanna defending Perrazzo, his... Deanna not in the Mae Young Classic. True. Uh, neither is Davian for that matter. Uh, Vern Vicala defending his LPW Heavyweight Championship against Mr. Brian Cairo's, again, mercenary of a Punjabi Lion Robo. 
Also scheduled to be there, the three horsemen of LPW, Donovan Dijak, Mikey Webb, and Scotty Slade. Uh, Adira will be there. Isana will be there. Anthony Green will be there. I'm not sure, Zagami three will be there. horsemen might be sort of a gimmick infringement. I, I just, that's, what, that's <laughs> what they told me to call. I try not to cross them. Dijak is very large. Um, well, the last time I saw those guys come out to Four Horsemen music, there were WWE wrestling buddies involved, so it was a whole thing. <laughs> Sal knows what I'm talking about. Uh, Liberty States returns Saturday, September 9th at the John McCarthy Elementary School in Peabody. Uh, and Elkmania returns on Elks September on fire. Saturday, September 23rd at the Beverly Salem Elks Lodge in Beverly, Mass. Uh, follow us Hold on Twitter. Up. I am holding up. Uh, Wednesday, August 23rd, UFO Wrestling back in action with oh, Big yes. Bang 2017. Uh, start time of 7 p.m. Malden Irish American Club, 177 West Street, Malden, Massachusetts. Uh, tickets are available at PayPal.me. Uh, go check out UFO Wrestling. I can tell you we have several matches that have been officially announced, uh, and this is shaping up as a really good card you don't want to miss. Uh, Kingpin Brian Malonis, if he survives Fenway Park, uh, we'll be defending the UFO Heavyweight Championship against the UFO debut of the Dirty Daddy, Chris Dickinson. Uh, we're going to see Teddy Goods take on Ilya Markopoulos, which is another really good nice. match I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, Bo Douglas and Josh Briggs will defend the UFO Tag Team Championships against the Cool People in a rematch from our last event. Uh, and Vern Vicalo, the selfie-made man, going to take on Chuck O'Neill. Uh, also on the card, we have Furio Falcone, Aaron Amadeus, Benny Jux, and much, much more. So once again, August 23rd, the Malden Irish American. It is a Wednesday night. The kids are out of school. Swing by, 7 p.m. bell time. The Malden Irish American Club, Malden, Massachusetts. UFO, Big Bang 2017. I have not seen Benny Jux in a long, long time. Well, you can come to the Maldish Irish American Club on August 23rd (laughs) for UFO Big Bang, where you will see Benny Jux, although you'll also see him at Fenway Park. Nicely done. Oh, good. Good, good. Nicely plugged. Okay. That's what your mom said. (laughs) Dorothy Mantooth is a saint. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at RundownPodcast. Send us an email to rundownwrestling at gmail.com and leave a voicemail on the hotline 617-863-6967. That's 61 Rundown 7. Oh, and allow like me, on- before, we, before we get too far down the road, allow me to apologize to all the Rundown fans. Unfortunately, this week would typically be an area where you would get an addition of the Rundown sit-down. Unfortunately, some real scheduling issues. Uh, I had a lot of stuff going on in my personal life, uh, plus my birthday this week and celebrations and all that stuff. Uh, I'm just unable to schedule, uh, coordinate schedules with anybody to get something done. So this will be an off week for the Rundown Sit-Down. Hopefully we'll be back in action on our normal day in two weeks. So hopefully that works out. Just figured I would throw that out there in case anyone was looking for it next week. Okay. I, I'm, unlike some people on the show... I like to let the listeners know what's going on <laughs> instead of just throwing shit at them. Look, it was the day before I found that I was getting the tickets. Let it go. Oh, Daniel says happy birthday a little early or belated accordingly. Yes, it's belated. It was actually yesterday, but thank you very much. I appreciate it. What are you, 46 now? Uh, <laughs> 46 inches long, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. 
<laughs> some sort of some sort of issue based on the picture that anyway that's uh that's an in joke for another time uh like us on facebook at facebook.com slash rundown wrestling watch archived episodes at youtube.com slash rundown podcast if you'd like to make a donation of the monetary variety go to paypal.me slash rundown wrestling cost me 10 bucks a month to host this on podomatic if you wish to assist with that it would be greatly appreciated uh check out all the shows on the questionable endeavor network shadow vein Tuning Japanese, the Raw Attitude Podcast, the Slasher Sanitarium, the Pwn Stars, New Blood Rising, Words of Geekdom, all great, all good, all on QuestEndNetwork.com, at QuestEndNetwork on Twitter, and check out the Discord channel at QuestEndNetwork.com slash Discord, D-I-S-C-O-R-D. Uh, check out our friends uh, Brian Malonis, the Kingpin, and Mike Crockett himself on the wrestling podcast about nothing uh, facebook.com slash the wpan they've had some really good episodes go up in the past few weeks yeah some good stuff that they well they, they, yeah, the episode where uh malonis had to go solo and there was a lot of uh drinking of water in the background so uh a little bit of fun with the kingpin at the kingpin's expense <laughs> for that one but uh yeah they do two shows a week uh monday and thursday and usually usually good guests usually good uh topics and always always a good time Indeed, and we thank them. We thank them for helping us out. Uh, their help to us is going to be far more consequential than our help to them, but we thank them. Yeah, and actually, uh, and we appreciate it. Crockett, this, uh, either this past, I think it was this past week, opened a new Facebook group uh, about for people to just discuss yes. wrestling-related podcasts. Uh, if you give me a second, I can pull it up and I'll give you the direction. It's called Putting Putting Over Putting Podcasts. Over podcasts like yes, that. absolutely. So, uh, yeah, go, go there, check it out. It's all about wrestling podcasts. Some good discussions already starting up over there. And, you know, if you're looking for stuff to listen to, there's always some good recommendations. So I would encourage you to go join that group uh, and participate in the discussion. Indubitably. Uh, search for us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, or Podomatic under the Rundown Wrestling Podcast if you subscribe get the podcast delivered to you absolutely free each and every week for zero dollars and zero cents if you cannot afford a monetary donation leave a five-star review on itunes because that helps other people find us uh leave a five-star review leave a review on all of your any of your your platform of choice uh and let people know what you think about the show uh if you leave a text review lately uh we haven't had any on itunes lately no okay i don't know where to look on stitcher uh i gotta dig into that but um show prep uh with that thanks to everyone for listening thank you to everyone in the chat room oh uh, yeah we had we had quite a few people no nina marie tonight where yeah. you at nina we miss we, we need a lady's touch in the chat room uh but we did have matt riley we had co-ghost sean we had smathers our boy on the side uh we also had daniel price who was quite active tonight good on you daniel we appreciate all the feedback uh and that's going to do it for this week this week's live chat mm-hmm. thank you jason thank you adam Always a pleasure. Thanks to Ray Williams for the logo. Thanks to iFight Dragons at iFightDragons.com for the theme song. For the what? The, theme song? The what? Theme, You're saying it wrong. Theme song. It goes, theme song! Next week, uh, predictions for Battleground. Because <laughs> they never let us rest. Because it's a week. Yup. And as always, don't breathe. No, no, no. Go fuck yourself. Fashion police yourself. <laughs> Take care, Bulby faces. See you next Thursday.
The Rundown Wrestling Podcast is produced, hosted, and barely edited, if at all, by me, Adam Salzer. And this week featured Jason Stewart as well. Special thanks to Sal DeCheca for his participation. We are a proud charter member of the Questionable Endeavor Network. Check out all of our shows, including our other wrestling shows, the Raw Attitude Podcast and the New Blood Rising Podcast, plus articles, Twitch streams, and more at questandnetwork.com. And be sure to tune in next week for an all-new episode of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast.